If you see. Excuse me, sir. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out. Penny wise? More like Penny fucking stupid idiot. Am I right? <laughs> this is spoilers. Got him. It's a good one, right? That was one of the best dad jokes I've ever heard. Dunked on Pennywise. Hello and welcome to Spooky Spoilers. I'm your host, Corey, the Dancing Clown. And you are Georgie. So now we know each other. No, I'm Corey with Kylo Ren memes. <laughs> and I'm hosting this episode of Spooky Spoilers 2020, our first one of this year. And we're here to talk about the 1990 miniseries, It, or Stephen King's It, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. But let's get some proper introductions of our many co-hosts we have here. So we're going to go west to east. What is your name? What is your quest? And who is your favorite clown? We're, we're talking clowns today. Go quest? ahead, Pappy. Okay. Mighty, P- Mighty Python. My name is Pappy. I'm recording from Louisville, Colorado. Do you want to answer on the quest thing? Yes. Like, my quest is to beat your co-host Steve in an upcoming film debate. We're ironing out the details. I've, I'm tired of him besmirching one of our national treasures. I won't say anything else, but I'm gonna <laughs> kick his ass. And my uh, is it Star Wars? No, I don't want to reveal the topic <sighs> yet. It's still being negotiated. But what, what was the last part, Corey? My favorite clown? Yeah. I don't. You know, a lot of people have a lot of like different relationships with their dads. I haven't ever talked to my dad about this, but apparently, he was one of the understudies to Bozo. Like the third or fourth in line to be no, Bozo. No, this is just the plot of Honey Boy. Sorry, <laughs> no, try no, no. Again. I swear to Christ. Like, <laughs> I, and like, I, I, he has pictures of it too, but like, we never talked about it, so I don't know what that means. Uh, but I guess Bozo for my pops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, Mikey, recording from Goshen, Indiana. Uh, my quest. I'm just here to crack some jokes. I. Just, you know, just get into it. But, uh, my favorite clown, probably Crazy Joe DiVola from Seinfeld. Oh my god, that's so good. (laughs) Great callback. Uh, just an absolute psycho, like all clowns usually are. So, he's probably my favorite. Funny episode, too. They are. How does that work? Just ends up being that way, I guess. Just attracts the personality type. Love you, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) it's me josh from goshen p-e-n-n-y because i'm wise uh i would say my quest is man can we edit and deliver that again just joking um (laughs) please don't ever say that again (laughs) (laughs) my favorite clown growing up was bozo himself but not to pull a brett but Frank Averick died in 2018 after a long <laughs> but fight. But did he kill himself? Against heart disease. But the reason I made that Ace Ventura, or that Jim Carrey joke a second ago is because I did just host Ace Ventura. So if you're listening to this, maybe you could go back and listen to our Ace Ventura whoa, episode. Whoa, don't stop fun. listening to my episode to listen to Josh's episode. Listen to it after. Yeah, just press pause. You can come back to oh. this. <laughs> Josh, what's your quest? Uh, I guess my quest is to get my daughter's soccer team. I'm the coach. She's in first grade soccer. 
Uh, we got to get that team in first place so I can have the bye and don't have to miss my brother's wedding to coach the game. <laughs> Breaking news on spoilers. Brother Jordan's wedding is coming up soon, and it's also the first round of the tournament. And so. you, the listeners, are all invited. <laughs> Am I next? I think so. Okay. This is Stevie recording from Elkhart, Indiana. Kylo, do you want me to say my quest in life, my quest for the pod? What, what do you want here? What, what kind of quest do you want me to say? I know you're a man of many quests, so you can pick any of them. I'm totally fine with whatever you got. Okay. Um, man, oh man. My quest is to uh, see my daughter be born Like in, it's like a month right now. Super, cut it super close here. And then also witness Notre Dame my national title this season. So, yeah, those are two awesome quests. And um, favorite clown has to be Chuckles from Toy Story 3. When they kind of show his face and lightning strikes on it, it's hysterical. So, yeah, that's my favorite clown. Uh, Okay, uh, this is Brett recording from Fort Wayne, Indiana. My quest is to seek the Holy Grail. Um, Good man. And... Uh, I have a question for you. What's the uh, airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean? African or European swallow? Well, well I don't know. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, what's next? Oh, I'm going to say two because I'm going to pull a Brett. I love, I love Pennywise. I'm fascinated by Pennywise, even though he's not really a clown. And I loved Homie the Clown growing up, if you've ever seen it in Living Color. <laughs> That's a good clown. <laughs> homie, don't play that. Very good. Like I mentioned, we're here to talk about it, but uh, before we go into the movie itself, and thank you all for your wonderful intros, Brett, I'm sure you're very anxious to do this, so why don't you just check them off the list, go through the actors that died in this movie. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, man, so many. Okay. Well, John Ritter comes to mind, clearly. Jonathan Brandis killed himself in 2002 or three. Uh, It was a sad one. John Ritter died of a massive heart attack or whatever in 2006-ish. Also three. Harry Anderson just died, man. I love Harry Anderson from Night Court. Uh, He just died a year or two ago. Uh, Is that it? Seth Green. Poor Seth Green. His career just died. (laughs) Seth did. His career just did. As long as Family Guy is going on, he's going to have Is that still going? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right. I think that's about it. I mean, he's up there with our podcast, like somewhere there's like spoilers and then there's Seth Green's career. They're kind of like, you know, <laughs> running alongside parallel lines there. We make the same amount of money, exactly. too. We really do. We have the same kind of contracts. Yep. <laughs> okay, so it, this is a movie that bounced, well, I guess it's not a movie. It's a miniseries. It's a TV miniseries. I always considered it a movie as a young man. You guys approved me doing this episode, doing this particular pick, that is. Mm, Except for Brett. But everyone else approved it. (laughs) Brett, I know you were excited when I picked this. I I didn't say... You're just saying I didn't do it because I wasn't there when you discussed that. I don't have a problem with you doing it. I wasn't there either. I love the the lore of it. I love Stephen (laughs) King. I believe uh, Corey took a vote when uh, it was just him on the Skype call. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> he All in favor. It was unanimous. Did he have a quorum? 
<laughs> it was just me. I was like Milton, just kind of mumbling to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you really are breaking new ground here because I think this is only the second TV movie we've done behind the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, so, in good company. Oh, my God. A lot to live up to. But which one is better? I think maybe we'll answer that question somewhere along the way. Star Wars Holiday Special or the It miniseries. But like I was saying before, this, I'm going to call it a movie, bounces between two time periods. We got 1960 and 1990. And the movie's intercut with these two time periods. It's like Christopher Nolan style, I'd say. So it starts off in 1990, modern day. Let's go with Pappy. Why don't you take it over and introduce us to what happens at the beginning and uh, what that inciting event kind of leads to. I don't... I read the book, and I don't remember how the book begins. Does the book begin with Richie's murder, like the movie does, too? The book begins kind of like the, um, I think, It Chapter 2, the 2019 version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because this is like another child murder, and I don't remember this from the book at all, but... It's a nice, sunny, main day, like you said, in the 90s, uh, riding her tricycle around a little girl, tons of freckles, and then Pennywise disappears in the dryers. And, you know, we're very limited in terms of what we see in violence, and a lot of violence in this movie is conveyed by, like, zooming in on someone's face, like, really quick, then doing a cut to, like, someplace else, and that's what happens to the little girl, and uh, mom's devastated. And we're starting the investigation of what's going on here. Is is it back? That's weird to hear a long Stevie sigh. Like he just wants to see a little girl's limbs ripped off on screen, I guess, to make him happy. Give him a break. He's not a dad yet like us, Josh. I'm not a dad yet. You're right. So, I mean, cut me some slack here. But you're right. Everything that would be violence is just... Oh, that zoom in and then like the black fade out, which you could tell was mm-hmm. put in there for commercial breaks. And <laughs> it, it's it's really strange to watch it. Like they didn't edit, like they didn't edit it in a different way for like the DVD. It, it's just, you're like, oh, here comes the commercial. And I imagine like there's some horrendous KFC commercial right in the back of it. I don't know. It's just tough to watch. <laughs> This is your colonel talking. Now, i got something here that's downright fun. A new popcorn chicken. Crunchy morsels. Well, I was going to say, like, how many, like, times has it been consumed on someone's, like, recording, like, at home? And so, like, after those zoom-ins, there's, like, two seconds of, like, a Toys R Us commercial that blares way too loud, and they have to pause the recording and re-hit it again. Stevie, you were just saying on a recent episode that you like cuts like that because it leaves it to the imagination. And I thought, which episode did I say that in? I think it was Lovecraft Country. I said that. Yeah, you said you appreciated the cutting, like when they went from the bus to like oh, just okay, walking. I'm talking about smart cutting because they conveyed language without speaking. This is just um, saying we can't show it, but here's like a '90s guitar playing in the background as we fade out. It's different. <laughs> Okay, well, Brett, I'm going to kick it over to you. Why don't you tell us about what this kind of leads to, the kid's death and Mike Hanlon and uh, Bill? Uh, The first kid, I I zoned out a little bit. Have you already talked about Georgie or? (laughs) Brett, stop watching football. Actually, I was reading uh, some stuff. 
He's reading a novel. <laughs> I was reading it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, but you were talking about Mike Halen, right? He's digging around or whatever, and yeah, so he starts calling people, and the first person he calls is uh, Bill, I believe, right? Correct? I love that he's just hanging around the murder scene. Like, hey, what you got for me? I'm Sleuth Mike. What's happening? <laughs> I'm just a town librarian, just on the case. Looking for Tien Tamara Maori. He's almost literally the only person who knows about Pennywise in town, except for all the old people, but they don't talk about it. So yeah, he calls Bill, and this is a common theme when he calls people. Uh, they don't know who he is. Uh, right away, they don't remember Derry, uh, and they get super scared, and then they do these flashbacks to each occurrence that they had. There was just a little snippet of story uh, with Bill. It was Georgie, his little brother Georgie went out and played with some the world's most boring boat, <laughs> and and then he comes up, it goes down a storm drain, and all of a sudden uh, Pennywise is there. Brett, it was 1960. They didn't have Game Boy like they do now, okay? Yeah, life sucked True. back then, man. It's not awesome like it is now. <laughs> Definitely, I agree. And, you know, he's just like, do you want a balloon? My ghost! Exactly. Go on, kiddo. Take it. Oh. You want it, don't you, Georgie? Oh, of course you do. And there's cotton candy and rides and all sorts of surprises down here. And balloons, too. All colors. Do they float? Oh, yes. They float, Georgie. They float. And when you're down here with me, you float, too! Hey, yeah, Georgie. This is my first viewing of anything it. Is this the most famous like image yes. from it? Definitely. Him in the sewer drain. That's what I remember. Yeah. And it was used like extensively like in the marketing of the movies too that came out recently. It's like when I think it, I pretty much think of this scene. Josh, what did you think as a first time viewer as in terms of like seeing the big scene from it? Eh. <laughs> Could <laughs> take it or leave it. Honestly, like, I don't want to come off negative. I really enjoyed this, but that particular scene, I guess it's creepy, but it's not any, like, more creepy than the girl in the tricycle, and then, like, you come out and the wheel's just, like, slowly rotating. So, I don't know. There's a lot of iconic stuff from this, but I do feel like that is, like, the number one in my mind. But not to leave out Jonathan Brandis completely here. He has one more little snippet where he's, like, opening the... uh, the book of Georgie's like past the foot photography and like blood starts coming out of the book. Like his little brother who's dead winks at him. Harry, Harry Potter style. I really like that part. I think it's really cool how like it looks like a still photo and then it moves. Like, you know, they had the kids like perfectly yeah, still. It's really cool. It looks, it looks good too, right? Yeah, I think so. The blood looks like ketchup, but <laughs> I think it they used half their budget on that picture. <laughs> they had deep fakes in 1990 it doesn't matter what's coming out of the book if it's ketchup if it's blood like that's that's got to scare the shit out of you anything coming out of a book right yeah yeah 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be thinking about hepatitis and stuff <laughs> with all that blood. I'd be looking for some fries. <laughs> gotta clean up all that. <laughs> gotta clean up all that ketchup. What would be perfect is if they went to a commercial after the blood came out, and McDonald's was on like right after. It. That's perfect <laughs> marketing right there. <laughs> His parents are huge assholes in that scene, though. They're like, "Stay out of your dead brother's room. I don't want to hear it." Like maybe the kid's upset. Like he's crying in his dead brother's room. There's like, "Get the fuck out of here." It's really, it's really cold. I mean, they're kind of, they're probably even worse in the book. They're like catatonic in the book. They don't pay him any notice until they move. It's like so what Stevie said. Like, I mean, this is a 1990 movie, but 80s parents, right? Aren't they oh, they're awesome? the worst. 80s parents were they just... They are. I mean, they were like, 80s parents are just trying to raise sociopaths like from the jump. Drinking raw <laughs> eggs and orange juice. <laughs> this is 1990, right? 91? 90. It came 90. out, so it was probably filmed late 80s. Yeah, now. they're trying to carry that torch hard in this movie, which I kind of appreciate. Stevie, why don't you lead us into... I guess we can kind of go in whatever direction we want. Like I said, it's a lot of Mike Hanlon calling his old former childhood friends. And then it's they so it. strange they keep at it. They keep doing the, hey, it's Mike. Who? It's Mike. Then they do this <laughs> long, like distant stare for five seconds. It's so strange. How they couldn't find anything new to do between scenes. Um, but this movie, like, if you watch it as an adult, is eerily like the adults of this town, which is you vaguely remember what happened, but you also forget a lot because uh, it bounces around so much. But do you want me to talk about when he calls Bill? We covered Bill. What, uh, why don't you do John Ritter? What's he about? All right, well, Bill's wife or girlfriend had the worst accent in the world. At least when you're doing a novel, you're in a good mood. But, okay, so John Ritter is supposed to be hot stuff. He is Time Magazine's new architects. He is high on life. Uh, I have to imagine he's betting a different woman every night with the attitude that he carries he also lives in the most 80s apartment known to man. And <laughs> Light up t-shirt lights. It's like a suit that like lights up. Oh, yeah. Wall. He has incredibly bad taste. He, for an architect, has <laughs> the worst taste. Like, I can't imagine what buildings he was designing and what they look like. I have to imagine they were atrocious. But let's see here. Ben used to be the fat kid on the block. He used to be husky. I mean, I wouldn't even call him obese. I would just say he was husky. And he never really got rid of that. Uh, like in the new movie, he had a 12-pack and was jacked. It <laughs> was the most pack. ridiculous transformation of it all time. It was ridiculous, to say the least. That dude was a model. Um, in this one, he's still carrying some husk, but he feels better about it. So he's made some changes in his life. I love your body. Oh, I like yours, too. Would you believe I used to be fat? I bet you were real cute. You no, know, not just fat, but a regular butterball. You bet your fern I was. We used to say that as kids. <laughs> you bet your fern. But I was F-A-T. No. Yeah. Uh -huh. But yeah, he's super confident, has tons of swagger, and then he gets that call. And he contemplates suicide, and he runs back his entire life in Derry. This is pretty much the format for the entire time. Yeah, this is definitely all of part one. <laughs> He remembers being a kid, and he was, like, the new kid in town, and he was, like, getting bullied a lot by the, uh, like, the local doo-wop group. Hey, look, kids, it's the 50s doo-wop group. What? 
No, we're not a 50s doo-wop group. Hey, listen, would you sing us a song? We don't sing, guy. Oh, yeah, we do. We'll sing. We'll sing for you. Right, boys? You guys sing? <laughs> were doo-wop groups bullies? Is that a thing? <laughs> These are greasers. They're not doo-woppers. <laughs> greasers are bullies. <laughs> Yeah, he gets he's getting bullied by the the T-Birds, but he does eventually make some friends and stuff. Mikey, do you want to tell us about like Henry Bowers and his his gang of cronies? Belgian Vic. He's just a piece of shit. Uh, he <laughs> goes around and he harasses everybody that uh, we follow throughout this story. Well, what do you know? It's the fat boy, the Jew, and the sissy. Four eyes and the patch girl, too. Nigger, you know how to pick them. The Losers Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Losers Club. He's got really greasy hair, and I don't know. We doesn't really have too much going on for himself in this story, and he's just kind of an antagonist to the kids. I, he says some pretty cool, like, zingers. Does he? Like, I mean, obviously he does, like, some psychotic shit. <laughs> he's got to get some new material. <laughs> Well, he says things like, I'm going to pull your ears down and tie them underneath your chin. He's like, you know, that's, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Very He's got a classic 90s henchman. Belch is actually his name in IMDb, <laughs> played by Chris Eastman. He just burps every scene he's in. Brett, did Chris Eastman kill himself? Brett? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was waiting for Brett to come out. Well, Chris Eastman actually hung himself three years ago. <laughs> no picture on IMDb doesn't look good for him <laughs> Oof, it's a pet sign what we see with the kids is that a lot of them when they remember being in Derry it kind of starts off like okay I lived in this town I had some friends maybe I was picked on but you know things were not too bad but then they remember like a big moment where Pennywise I guess mm-hmm. just fucked with him because that's kind of what he's about in the first half of this he's just like fucking with the kids you hear that he's killed some other kids, and then there's the Georgie scene. But with our main group, he doesn't really do too much other than maybe, like, get in their heads a little bit. Pappy, do you remember what he does with Ben? Multiple kids of the Losers Club have lost a parent. Ben lost his dad uh, in Korea. I guess he was a fighter pilot, and he got shot down. Ben, like, later talks about, like, you know, how he wants to be a fighter pilot when he grows up. And, and obviously, you know, he changes as he gets older. But, yeah, he he sees his dad uh, by, like, the creepiest looking. I don't even know what it is. It's like a castle in the, is it, like, the sewer complex? Like, what is it? Yeah, it's, like, just a utility building to, like, the sewer or something. It's just, like, an entrance, entryway. And it's just made out of bricks. It's where the Bowers family lives. For some reason, yeah. it does look like a castle. It looks like the Bowers family country home, for sure. But yeah, it's like in the middle of this bog. Hey. Hi, Ben. Daddy? That's my home now, son. You want a balloon, Ben? They float. They all float. Come here, son. You like it down there. You never have, have to grow up. <laughs> One thing I will say about that I really did like Corey is like it does have a lot of like 
I don't know exactly what the practical effects were, but they're very like Army of Darkness like esque, and like the skeleton that pops out of the water at the end. Uh, and I don't even remember what he says to him, but like he he looks very like Army of Dark- Darkness esque, and there's kind of like this like puppeteery motions to him and like you see that thing again too like when it's eddie and like pennywise like rips up the floor or whatever like i I do like when this movie gets into those kind of special effects yeah the skeleton was always funny to me just because like when it talks like the the words don't match at all they all float and when you're down here with me fat boy you float too It doesn't look good, but I mean, it's like a nice, like it's like a practical effect. Like I appreciate. Happy appreciates yeah. the effort. I do. <laughs> Brett, you're you're a happily married man, are you not? Yes, I am very happily married. <laughs> not when his podcasts go too long, though. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what do you think about the uh, about Bev's life, her love life, and her marriage? And why don't you tell us what's going on with her? Yeah. Uh, for, first of all, I got to point out that. This is Belch, uh, Chris Eastman. He's in the two movie club. Uh, so show some respect <laughs> for him. What is he in? What What's is he in the other one? He's he's the main douchebag bully in the never ending story. Oh <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. He really got typecasted. Oh yeah. His name in that is Queef. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually first bully, but his first acting name was Drum. Oh my bad. Oh my god, Josh. <laughs> uh, sorry, okay, uh, yeah, Drum Garrett. Um so Beverly uh, in this miniseries, she's dating her business partner. I don't, I believe, I don't believe they're married in the miniseries, but he's an abusive a-hole who bosses her around and beats her, and that's about it. She's pretty miserable. Um, I don't know if you noticed they, they mentioned it. Uh, everyone who left Derry is all successful and they all I think in the book they mentions that they all make like over 80 grand which in the 80s is you know a lot of money so uh, they're all well off and she is as well and she's just in a terrible terrible spot in her life and uh, this might end up being like the best thing that happens to her going back to this but you read the book right Brett yeah I have you, I, I when I read the book I did not picture that like her husband husband being like this like clean cut guy like i don't know why no, I, I don't yeah. i don't do they even work together and they were actually married in the book and he was like way worse he's way um, worse he's like more semi involved like i think he's like more of a drunk too that's like a big part of it like it's like it's mirroring her dad is like the big thing exactly yeah and that's, that's something else I, I guess i should mention that her dad uh they don't really touch on it much in this miniseries but he's a creep too uh alcoholic Abusive. I mean, he's actually pretty nice to her sometimes, but uh, he's just really creepy, and he's just a kind of a creepy old alcoholic douchebag, just like the person she ends up with. So the husband's biggest offense is his mullet. It's just. <laughs> I think that's his aggressive. biggest like pro. <laughs> yeah, it's his biggest pro. <laughs> it is so thick in the back and greasy. It's healthy. <laughs> it, it is very full. Like, I have never read the book, Brett, but having just watched this, I definitely picked up on, like, history repeating itself from the father yeah. to her relationship. So, at least they pulled that off here. Yep. She has a couple things in her, like, flashbacks. Uh, the big, like, Pennywise moment is when she's in the bathroom and, like, the mm-hmm. the balloon comes up out of the drain and kind of, like, squirts blood everywhere. But 
Man, I hadn't seen this in a little while, and compared to the new movie, it, it, it's really not that much of a mess, right? I mean, it's just kind of like a little tiny pop in the sink. Yeah, it's everywhere uh, in the movie and the book, the other movie. So, yeah, it's like all over the place. So, Brett, could you explain this to me? Like, Brandis has a throwaway line where he says the parents can't see it because they don't believe in it. It is something cheesy like that. What is what going on when everyone like sees blood, but like the parents seem to ignore it and like even wipe it on their kids' faces? Yeah, actually, I mean, well, that's I would say that's more of uh, Pennywise's magic, uh, his powers. But uh, yeah, they just the adults. He doesn't pay much attention to the adults because he said they're they're hard to fool. They don't really believe in him, so his power's kind of gone with them. He's kind of like a Jedi. I mean, like he could deal with weak-minded adults better. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, like in the book, the only people that know about him are like really old retired cops. And they, like, just flat out won't talk about it. Pennywise, like a Jedi. That was my thought. Yeah. He likes to kill all the younglings. You guys talking about that clown that eats kids? (laughs) (laughs) I know all about him. They do. I think that's almost verbatim of what they say in the book, Mikey. Hey, Johnson, this kid's talking about Pennywise. Because Mike Hanlon goes and, like, interviews all these old cops that are, like, either in the hospital whatever and they're like almost I think they say like you talk about that clown who likes to eat kids I mean it's like very similar to that so that was pretty sweet yeah that's the guy <laughs> no the other no different clown sorry Gacy no no the, the local <laughs> one the local guy Josh the kids story is the main focus of the chapter one part of this um, they have some camaraderie and they, like, build a dam, and they have some, like, I don't know, like, kid goofing about. What did you think about that? Did you, were you buying it, or um, was the acting getting in the way of that for you? <laughs> um, I think I liked maybe Ben the most, uh, the child actor who played him, just, like, his looks and mannerisms and stuff. But honestly, Corey, I was into this, and it might have been my favorite parts of the movie. The kids, like, dinking around their high school class, the bullying scenes, just seeing these young actors like try to deliver all their different idiosyncrasies that they have. Like it's kind of a cliche movie in that each child had, whether it's like uh finger biting or ear pulling or I don't know. They, what are some other ones that they have? Like the stuttering, I guess with Jonathan Brandis, they all have like their own little thing that they have to try to pull off and, it's fun. I'm not going to say it's like the best acting of all time, Corey, but I did like these set pieces. Richie Toes is my name. And doing voices is my game. This is Stan the Man Uris. Stan is a Jew, which means he's really smart and says oil a lot. Richie's got a high metabolism and tends to make him hyperactive. So you, um, haystack. What, are you building a dam or something? Yeah. You ever built one before? No. How do you know to work? Well, of course it will. Why wouldn't it? Yeah, but how do you know? I just know. Yeah, yeah, he just knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Great music during the damn scene, too. It's All Right by the Impressions. One of the best songs ever. <laughs> that, like, corny feel-good song? It's all right. <laughs> That's what they do. Oh, why were they building a dam? Just to make a pool? Yeah, just for fun. That's what you did, fun. Fun. What you did in the 60s. You built dams. 
When there's no video games, life was a hellscape. Everyone's parents suck, and apparently all the good parents have died. And that's like <laughs> what you do. You just build a dam to deal with it. I thought they were going to like try to generate some power and like, I don't know, distribute it locally. I don't know. <laughs> They're just, you know, trying to... What's the fucking purpose of a dam, you know? You got to find a way to monetize it. We haven't talked about Richie yet. Uh, Richie is the worst successful stand-up comedian of all time. Did you think, Stevie? It is rough. Uh, he's like a mix of Jeff, uh, Jeff Foxworthy and uh, who's the guy that smashed watermelons? <laughs> Gallagher? Gallagher. Yeah, he's like Jeff Foxworthy and Gallagher uh, combined, which is something that only Satan could dream up of. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richie was annoying as a child and as an adult. It was a very strange combo. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, I also loved, like, the show he did, like, as an adult, where the audience wasn't fully packed, looked like quarter packed, which in this <laughs> time frame made sense because of COVID. And, like, my honest thought, like, when I was watching this was like, oh, yeah, I can't be full because of COVID. And then I remembered, oh, it's 1990. We were full systems go <laughs> Richie just didn't even sell out the show. He didn't, yeah, he didn't even sell it out. I mean, quarter full, but apparently he brings in the money. I mean, how much power does the electric company have? How much power does the electric company have? Remember Godzilla? I mean, the plane couldn't stop him. The atom bomb couldn't stop him. Hell, Nancy Reagan couldn't stop him. But you get him in front of one high power line. Look, look, the creature is attacking the city. Is he was he a stand up in this movie? I didn't in this even movie, yeah. No, okay. but they say but they no, they say at one point who's gonna sit behind the desk and make him laugh? He's the host. But it doesn't make any sense because if he's the host of this late night show, because he's like, who's gonna fill in for you? He's like, get Leno to fill in for me. But the format of this late night show is the host of the show apparently does some like banger set at the end, including like racist Godzilla jokes and just walks <laughs> off the stage, leaving his guests on stage, like in chairs. It makes no sense. Like what, what is happening? Is that the second part of the movie? No, it's this part. No, that's his like, adult introduction. I must have zoned out. Man, you've been doing it a lot. Uh, Richie <laughs> as an adult kind of sucks, but I do enjoy Seth Green portrayal of him as a kid like he's the one kid in the group that kind of stands up for him he dumps the pop on the bully's heads which is classic it's probably mr pib he's like talking back to him and stuff the stickiest of pops <laughs> i love that guy man you better go i'm a dead man if i were you guys i wouldn't pay to see a monster movie i just stay home and look in the mirror I like Richie too. I think he was kind of like one. Him and Bill were my favorites as a kid, and I just liked Bill because I like Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, me and Josh are big Sidekicks fans. We did a podcast on it. Boo! <laughs> well, I was made to watch that movie. I wouldn't say I'm huge. Sidekick huge Sidekicks fans. fan. Big Chuck Norris <laughs> guy, Josh. But uh, one of the things that Richie encounters as a kid, and maybe Mikey. You can tell us about this and Eddie's encounter too a little bit if you'd like. Richie encounters Pennywise in like the school janitor closet or whatever. 
Richie is at lunch or something, and I guess the bullies knock over his tray and leave a big mess. And then he is forced to go down into the school basement and uh, find the janitor to find uh, someone to clean it up. So he goes down there, and of course it's lit very spooky. Everything's red. And he runs into a werewolf, which is just like Pennywise messing with him, taking a different form or something. But he like grabs his arm and he almost gets him. But uh, Richie ends up getting away. And he runs back upstairs into the cafeteria and like an idiot says that he saw a werewolf. And everybody laughs, laughs and makes fun of him. And then his friends just like shake their head and like shame because <laughs> it's like <laughs> they think he's being an idiot you gotta help me somebody please in the basement there's a werewolf <laughs> A werewolf? Don't you know we're all getting chased by a clown? <laughs> yeah, how'd you mess up the monster? Was that the same werewolf from Silver Bullet? Untrue. They were looking around worried. They'd all been seeing some crazy shit, and they were like, what is going on right now? What do you guys think of that werewolf mask? It didn't look bad. No, you don't think so? I think it looked awful. I thought it looked terrible. <laughs> it looked so bad. <laughs> Like, I think I was a scarier werewolf as a kid. I was a werewolf for Halloween one year. I'll dig up that photo for you guys. Uh, what about Eddie in the showers? Uh, th- I guess that's another one of the big moments of this movie in terms of, like, the famous scares. Him coming out of the drain? Yeah, him coming up out of the drain. Brett, do you want to tell us about that bit? That's fine. I was thinking immediately about... I was told Brittany... Nowadays, you definitely couldn't be a PE teacher and say, hey, come back here and take a shower alone. I mean, <laughs> that like popped into my head for some reason. But yeah, he's back there taking a shower because his mom is a hypochondriac and she has Munchausen's by proxy. She's just really crazy. So he's taking a shower and then all these spigots or whatever, or whatever they're called, start going off spouts. I'll say spouts. And then he's kind of like trying to pop out of the drain and he like kind of makes like a funny joke he's like oh I'll, I'll make this easier or whatever and he it like opens up and he pops out and then it's always funny you can tell like when he's talking and then when like his different mold of his teeth is in when he's doing the scary thing because it looks terrible <laughs> yeah the, the, the fake teeth yeah I mean his mouth is like three times bigger it's like you can tell it's just really uncomfortable in there for him but, but- what about the stop motion drain where you at on that? Love it. <laughs> when he when it turns into like clay and he <laughs> yeah, comes out, it's just like it doesn't even like remotely look like he really pulled a drain apart. It's just like <laughs> just pushed aside some clay. This looks like something out of like a shitty yeah. Tim Burton movie. It's so bad. So a Tim Burton movie. That's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, TV. Uh, we're on the same no. page there. Well, two th- well, first of all. Brett, you definitely, this is the height of the Joe Paterno uh, era. You definitely could <laughs> say that to a kid in certain parts of the country. Second of all, I think that the Eddie introduction of the adult Eddie is like one of the best camera work moments of this whole movie. This movie does a lot of steady or steady cam and does a lot of like extended takes, actually. Like, I was kind of starting to like even like 
time some shots because like man this has been going on for like 60 90 two minute shots and like the best one is eddie coming down the stairway like he's packing his stuff his mom's like in his face Ma, the meatloaf fuck they do a bunch of cool transitions with with mirrors and, and stuff as they follow him down the stairway i don't know if you remember that Corey, but i thought that was like the shining light in terms of like camera work from this movie uh, they didn't even stick out to me, but I'll take your word for it. I, I honestly Good. don't remember the way that scene looks. Eddie was, he's like one of the guys that I don't like. So like I kind of. You didn't like Kid Eddie? Not really, no. I thought he was the only good kid actor. That kid has asthma one scene and it fades out and it comes back and it's like meant to be like five minutes and he doesn't have asthma anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's definitely not like that in the book. He's like almost dying. So yeah, asthma is like a humongous story in the Is it is it Munchausen's by uh, proxy in the book? Yeah, yeah, the mom's definitely got Munchausen's by proxy. Uh but he's like just a sickly kid. So like he he's sickly because of her and she like takes like sympathy for it, I imagine. Kind of. I mean, she it, actually in the very small amounts they show her, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and she's not a part of the adult thing. He's actually got a wife who's just like his mom. Yeah. But yeah, actually, and like there's a whole story with the pharmacist and he's like, you're not even taking a real inhaler. Like, okay. so he might mm-hmm. not actually have asthma is kind of the point of that whole story. But he's just sickly in general. I mean, he's kind of scrawny. He might not have real asthma or not, but it's his mom just really did a number on him. Gotcha. Well, since we're talking about the asthma, that scene where they all pass around the inhaler as an act of like unity, is that to take place of the famous child orgy scene? <laughs> is that the very end of the childhood story in the sewer? It's before it's they the go start. in the sewer. Yeah. Then probably, Josh. I mean, yeah, that's uh, it's a little different. Yeah, they had bond over albuterol, as you do. <laughs> I did see some stuff online about like the orgy scene, like the the actress that played Beverly, adult Beverly. She wanted it to be in the the movie, but the director didn't, obviously, so they didn't put it in. That's just some weird shit, man. Stephen King was he was on one at the time he was writing this book, and and you can feel that when you read it, right, Brett and Pappy. Like this book is oh is yeah weird, like it's. There's some other really sexual, weird stuff that they didn't include. Like, there's this whole character who, besides Pennywise, is easily the most messed up character in the whole book. And I'm, they kind of wrote him out of the... Patrick Halstetter. Hockstetter. Hockstetter or whatever. Yeah, he's a, a legit psychopath, and he does some pretty sexual stuff as well. So, he was not made for TV, let's put it that way. You're not going to say it, are you? <laughs> No, I'm not going to say what he does to Henry Bowers. What he does oh, with Henry Bowers. Uh, with, to him. It's just weird that, like, how has it not been canceled? Like, especially, like, th- there's this, like, hunt for, like, pedophilia now, especially, like, on the internet. And, like, this is literally a book that tains a, contains a child orgy. Like, how is this, like, how how is that just, like, trimmed from the fat Nobody of the reads, story? Nobody reads, Pap. Nobody reads anymore. This is America. What? <laughs> get your books and get out of here. All right? <laughs> you commie. I'm not even saying, like, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, I, I like the book it quite a bit when I read it, but it's just, like, I, I don't know, like, how we're, like, there was, like, a reinterpretation of it, and, like, there was never even, like, do people just not know that's a thing? I think they do know it's a thing. 
I mean, he explains it in the book. I mean, it's not like it's weird. Don't get me wrong. It's really weird. It's just nobody's talking about the book anymore, though. Everybody's only talking about like the remakes recently. They're not. And they've gone into that regarding the remakes of like, yeah, we're just not going to do that. So they've acknowledged that portion of the book and they've cut it out. Why Why does the orgy take place? DV, it's just for them to like maintain unity and closeness or whatever. And it actually ended up not really working because again, they all forget about <laughs> it, but uh, it's just supposed to bring, it says to bring unity back to the group because I don't know, this was really weird, but it's a very uncomfortable read. It is very strange. The pain fades. Suddenly, he moves more quickly, then stops, stiffens, and makes a sound. Some sound. She senses that this is something for him, something extraordinary special, like like fawing. Like, that is just fucking weird. I'm trying to find more weird text. That's gross, though. Is it not? Like, oh. Yeah, let's cancel Corey. <laughs> hey, I didn't write this book in 1981 or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Someone considered it the heart of the book. Let's make this into a made-for-TV movie written all over it. I guess one thing it has going for it is that it's not uh, glamorized, maybe? Like, I feel like within the story, you know that that's super messed up among all these other messed up things, but this is kind of a head-scratcher, Pappy. I, I mean, what can people do about it? It's our, the books, the story's already known and told, you know, take books off shelves or something. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm definitely not advocating for that. My comment is just like I'm surprised people haven't come after it. Is is what I'm saying. I want to be clear. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to cancel Stephen King. I'm just surprised in 2020 that the spotlight hasn't turned on passages like he stiffened inside of her. And stuff. was this like, during Stephen's like John Hughes phase where he'd lock himself in a room for 48 hours with three pounds of coke? I'm pretty sure I it think is. So. Yeah. He wrote it in the middle, the mid-80s, so probably. Probably then, okay. So to get back kind of into the story, so we've talked about Mike Hanlon. He's like the one guy that stayed in Derry. He's the one guy that remembers everything from their childhood because he stayed in Derry. And he's been calling everyone up, and they've been reminiscing. And essentially, he's saying, everyone come back to Derry. It is back. We have to defeat him again. And uh, his story, I guess, kind of leads up to the point where they make the pact. Josh, why don't you tell us about like his memories and kind of where that takes us in terms of the story? Well, first of all, they drop some hard, hard N-words in this, and it's not that great. Uh, the bully, it just calling him that kind of multiple times. But I got to say, though, the IMDb trivia, and you, you never know with that shit, but it says that the actor... Like felt really bad about that and would apologize. I'm like that actor wrote that. Apologize to him constantly. Anyway, he said it like he loved it. It was weird. <laughs> it's called acting. One thing I noticed the realism in this story is that when that cop comes and like tells them all to get away, then comes down and do does like this weird handshake with them all. You mean the random Irish cop that lives in <laughs> in Derry? Good morning, Philadelphia. You from Patty's pub telling you to come on down. We're slashing prices so low. You all need a pot of gold to get sloppy. Yeah, why was he super Irish? <laughs> it's East Coast in the 50s. I mean, I think like, he's Irish in the book, too. I'm he is sure. definitely Irish in the book. I mean, heavy on the Irish. 
Yeah, that happens, but that's before Mike joins the group. Like, cops yeah. super nice to him. I see what you're uh, saying. Then. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Mike. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so Mike, he does photography, and like Stevie mentioned, like how things kind of repeat over and over again. Like, Mike's always got to make the call. And everyone's got to always not know who he is at first. Did Mike call himself? <laughs> but they, <laughs> his his memory is like kind of the same thing with like those same bullies giving him crap when he's trying to present his like father's priceless photography book. And the bullies like steal it out of his hands and he steals it back and starts running. And it's actually a pretty great scene. It's like a David and Goliath good Rock biblical fight. stoning when he runs up and he finds a new group of friends and they're like, yeah, uh, we like you. We hate them. Actually, they're like, we're neutral with you, but we hate them. So we're your friends. <laughs> the apocalyptic rock fight. Rock they start throwing rocks. It's awesome. As kids do, just chucking rocks at each other's heads. Happy, did you have thoughts about the rock fight? I don't know. Like Every time I watch a rock fight... Like, I'm just like, God damn, this is the most brutal fucking thing in the world. Like, you know, a rock to the wrong place is deadly. But I don't know. I, not really. I, I, Stevie, you mentioned to me that you didn't like the rock fight in the first it. What was that? How is that different? Because this is pretty run of the mill. My main thing was it was a misuse of music in the new movie. But the one thing I did love about this rock fight was Jonathan Brandis picked up a boulder with two hands and swung it as hard as he could at one of the kids that easily could have killed or like I mean honestly put one of those kids in a wheelchair for life it was a fantastic shot but um, I don't know what was the rock fight like in the book brutal Mm -hmm. super memorable like it's one of my favorite parts of the book yeah like really really long and you know perilous incredibly sexual and you know like literally like their <laughs> lives might be at risk if they lose this rock fight okay brett so what music would you have used either in this one or in the first movie do you smell what the rock is cooking huh. the rock's laying the smack down. nice <laughs> i don't know very punny i like it <laughs> can we also mention that Mike, the adult version of Mike, is the dad from Sister Sister. Sister yeah. Sister, and and, yeah. and from WKRP in Cincinnati, a little before every, all of our time. But Tim Reed, Venus Flytrap. That rock fight is super gratifying, though, because the bully gets hit a couple times, and you're like, "Yeah!" And then out of nowhere, out of everyone else, of course, the girl gets Dude, smoked next, and she's like, not, oh. "Tell me you did not think that was freaking hilarious." <laughs> She's like, ah! I laughed every time. <laughs> she gets annihilated. <laughs> but Ben runs to her defense because her hair is winter fire. January embers. What a white night. Even though it's not. She burns there. Yeah, because in the book, her hair is red, and this is freaking brown. Doesn't make any sense that he wrote that poem in this movie, does it? No. <laughs> I didn't think about that until we just started talking about it. Uh, one of the things that Mike has, like someone mentioned, is that photo book. They all look at it together, and oh, I, I really like this moment where they 
see like the photos start to move Harry Potter style and Pennywise is in there like doing backflips he kind of like confronts them through the picture You all. <laughs> I'll drive you crazy and I'll kill you all. I'm every nightmare you've ever had. I am your worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of. At this point, did anyone like start to wonder or have any thoughts? Like, why isn't he doing anything to them? Uh, he, he's like, he likes to play this food a little bit, like as weird as that sounds. He says that. He says they taste better when they're scared. He's like the creeper in Jeepers Creepers. I've never seen it. Oh, Classic spoilers. Classic spoilers. <laughs> well, anyway, there's the big moment where he like kind of comes through the picture and then they, they decide to make a pact. They're going to kill him. And uh, they make their <laughs> way into, I mean, a few scenes later, but they make their way into like that sewer area they kind of just decide that silver will work so they you know they get some like silver i guess they say earrings right but they don't really look like okay they look like just melted down silverware it doesn't look like anything (laughs) clumps and they would be heavy as hell on your ears for sure they're giant the mom was just wearing those earrings as is just two giant hunks of silver hanging off of her earlobes like silver the silver thing to me, I'm curious what Josh thought because in this adaptation, it feels very out of left field. When I, and when I think about the book and, and less so, I guess, the modern movie, but it's very grounded in like pop culture references, right? Like their whole world is being shaped by like 1950s America and like what's happening. And like the, the, the movie scene like is brief here and you can kind of get how they're plugged into that world. But I don't did it make sense to you? Josh, were you on board with uh, them just deciding silver works? Yeah, it's kind of like that question I think I asked Brett earlier, but it was like Jonathan Brandis is like, if we believe it'll work, it'll work. So it's almost like the power of the silver just comes from like whatever random thing they would think would kill Pennywise, I guess. It's not a lie if you believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Pappy, don't they... It's like a bullet, isn't it, in the book? A silver bullet. What the heck are you going to shoot a forty-four bullet at anyway? Made out of silver. How about a werewolf? It's either like an old silver coin or like an old bullet from an old gun or something, but they actually combine two scenes into this last scene. They have the Actually, in the new movie, they show it. It's in that little old house. That's where they actually shoot him with silver. And I think they try to get Richie to look at him because that's like their best bet. They think that if they can get him to turn into a vampire, I mean a werewolf, that the silver would work. But also I think Josh has got a point too. But I mean, I think they like set it up for Richie to actually be the one there so it can look like the werewolf. And that's that's just kind of like their Hail Mary to the heavens. So (sighs) it freaking jacks him up too. He, like, talks about it in the book. He's like, he didn't know he could feel such pain. Like, his head really does, like, explode like that. Yeah, he, he's, like, really freaked out that that happened to him. Gary Busey should have been in this movie. 
As one of the kids. <laughs> I'm sure that's what we're all thinking, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Where's Gary Busey? Listen to me. Yeah. You are one thing and one thing only. Mm -hmm. You're a simple coward. A simple coward. All right, well, give me another chance. Let's and when you pee, else. that uh -huh. yellow that comes out, yeah. I bet you smile at that because it's yellow, your favorite color. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. Yeah. You're missing the wagon here, buddy. Okay. If you're going to bring up silver like this and werewolves, Gary Busey's got to be in it. Oh, I thought you were just saying, like, sick Gary Busey on him. Like, he'll just kill him with his bare hands. No, like, no, no, I'm talking about Sil Gary Busey from the movie Silver right. Bullet from Stephen King. With Corey Haim, yeah, my namesake. Yeah, exactly. Mikey, why don't you tell us about the ending of this bit here where the kids go, they, they go to face off against Pennywise. They're playing an away game. Uh, they don't have home court <laughs> advantage here because they're in Pennywise's house, so they're... Falling around in the sewer, uh, it's really dark, they don't know where they're going, and I I don't know, like a lot of this scene is just movement through pipes, the camera moving around through pipes as we're like Pennywise's POV, as he's like picking off kids. Um, so it's not even that scary, but we eventually get uh, the kids all like, I don't know, whatever they believe is gonna work against this alien so they all hold hands like that's gonna make a difference and then Pennywise shows up <laughs> and he's like uh well I'm gonna eat you <laughs> I want to say real quick Henry Bowers and his like crew yes. follows him in that's the my favorite part of the whole movie is one yeah. Henry Bowers boy like getting lifted up into the air and like this weird like aura and this like bizarre look he has on his face as he's getting pulled in the tower but the absolute best part is like Henry Bowers as he turns away from the light of it or whatever it is and he's got white hair now he's got this goofy look oh my on gosh his face. I started laughing at that part it's the funniest part of this whole movie when he looks like Billy Idol and he's like <laughs> that, like slow turn to the camera does he not get eaten no no my favorite part of that scene was when Belch was getting pulled through the pipe and his body was getting all bent weirdly. That looked awesome and hilarious. <laughs> that part has always stuck with me. I do legitimately really like that. Like him getting slowly pulled and like the dead expression on his face. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sweet. It's the best acting Belch has ever done. <laughs> no, never ending story takes it. <laughs> Stevie, what do they do to defeat Pennywise? <sighs> It's nonsense is what it is. Yeah, they start holding in the prayer circle and seeing Kumbaya, <laughs> Pennywise go away. So if I remember correctly, Pennywise grabs Stan the man and throws him up against the wall. He's really freaking Stan the fuck out. Like, he's really priming the steak up for, like, he's priming the steak up on the grill. Like, I cannot wait to eat this thing. That's when... We get some straight up nonsense because the floor is all foggy, and Beverly gets a uh, drops her slingshot, picks up her bullet again that she drops, and hits Pennywise with a perfect sniper shot. Headshot. We get more of that uh, stop motion nonsense that just looks ungodly awful, even for the nineties. Um, <laughs> well, first he gets. Battery acid to the face. It's pretty That's cool. like the one thing that scared me as a kid was when his like skin was coming off, like a makeup was coming off. That actually still looks kind of creepy to this day. So I will give this movie credit for that. 
It wasn't battery. It was his inhaler, right? Or did they inhaler? This is battery acid, you slime. But he believed it was battery. But he believes oh. it's battery acid. Stupid. It may be bad looking, Stevie, but it was preceded by one of those shots Pappy was talking about earlier. It circled Stanley like three times as he's muttering a prayer. I thought that looked really cool. Not, the, not and, a prayer. The Boy Scout oath. Uh, I will honor to do my best to do my duty to God in my country. Or, I was a Cub Scout, so. Yeah, that kid's in a cult. The Boy Scouts are a cult to him. He was saying it as if it were a prayer. I think Pat was in the Scouts, weren't you? I got my wee blow. I got my arrow of light. I graduated from Cub Scouts, and I was, you know, too cool to do Boy Scouts, which I regret. This kid is deep in it, though. This kid is reciting the Boy Scouts prayer every night before bed. He's an Eagle Scout now. He's graduated way ahead. <laughs> what I what I like is when Pennywise gets the silver ball to the dome. He like does a front flip like into the drain. Like he does this really like super out of place acrobatic move. Like jumps high into the air, does a front flip, goes down the drain. Like Neo. He has the chi. Oh, he has chi. such chi. It's very Mulan-esque, yes. <laughs> I think the director of Mulan got inspiration from this movie. It was in the IMDb trivia. <laughs> I don't know. There's kind of like a vagueness to this because Bill is like saying he's not dead. Everyone else is like, yeah, fuck it. He's dead. Like, you know, good enough. (laughs) We find out later, of course, he's not. But the gang, they do make a pact to come back one day if it ever resurfaces. And that's kind of what we've been seeing throughout the whole first part of this. Jonathan Brandis is like, swear to me. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to me. Me. He's the Batman of Derry. <laughs> still trying to kill a clown or find a killer clown. Oh, yeah. There's the tie-in. Pappy, it doesn't end there, yeah. though. Part one, that yeah. is. Why don't you tell us where part one actually ends? I think it's some Oscar-worthy acting, personally, but where are you at? It's it's very 90s TV movie miniseries level acting, I'll say. Uh, so he gets to meet older Stanley. And I don't know why. I just, he didn't really seem like Stanley to me. Like, even though there's all like the bird things around his house and like the reference, to, like what he wanted to be when he grows up. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't see him as Stanley. He's more like Marge and uh, Norm Gunderson from Fargo <laughs> than, than uh, Stanley. But he's more like the uncle from My Girl. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Stanley's been a bitch the whole movie. He didn't even want to like agree to the pledge uh, to come back to Derry, and he gets the call, and he doesn't take it very well. And and like him and his wife are like making out hard right before he got that call, and he's like, I gotta go take a bath, and he goes up, and we don't see a lot of blood, and we don't really see you know the wound, but we get to see the 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 blade that he slit his wrist with. And we see like it scratch over the wall, and and the the wife's reaction is a little over the top. I don't know if that's what you were talking about. It's a little silly, but uh, <laughs> fade to black as always. End of the first episode of the miniseries. We need a meme gif of her just screaming, "No!" <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put that at the end of that new Adam Sandler movie trailer. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> future spores movie no so I have a quick question for you guys and we're gonna go east to east what do you think of the horror in the movie so far like is it scary 
Brett, I think that puts you first. Uh, no, it's I wasn't scared. I mean, I watched it up until like midnight. And if anybody knows me, I won't watch scary movies. And I certainly won't watch them when it's even remotely dark out. Um, no, it's not scary. Uh, He's the Stanley Uris of the group. <laughs> it's not logical. <laughs> I'm just it's, kidding. Go I, ahead. No, I, no, it wasn't scary. I think the first time I watched it, like maybe five or six years ago, I got kind of a creepy vibe and... But I didn't even find the new It, the first one, scary. Hmm. I don't know. Not really. So, no. Look at this badass. It, it's, it's the perfect example of every time they showed Pennywise in the new movie, he got less and less scary. Hmm. So, plus the trailer was freaking scary. So, the answer is no. No. The whore in this movie? Her name's Beverly, jeez. Let's see, the whore in this movie. <laughs> Brett. <sighs> Brett, come on. Come on. She's Brett. only 12 years old. <laughs> Running away with them boys. <laughs> Sometimes I worry about you, Brett. Sometimes I worry a lot. <laughs> Daddy, no. <laughs> oh, man. The whore in this movie, a lot of it's the dialogue. Such as <laughs> see you later, alligator, and after a while, crocodile. <sighs> Sends shivers down my spine. It really does that. And when Jonathan freaking Brandis rides away on his bike and screams, Hi, yo, silver! Away! I wanted to throw my controller at my TV. Come on, Stevie. He was cool for 1960. I mean, it Maybe. wasn't cool at any point to ride your bike and scream that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's different ways of, like... It, was that a big thing in the book, Pap or Josh? Or, I yeah, mean, it was. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Yeah. It's like a source of power. It's set up super well in the book, and it's just out That's of nowhere. That's fine. Like, put, like, Hi-Ho Silver, like, on, like, a movie marquee or, like, a cutout in a restaurant where we can, like... Here's a nod to it. Don't scream it. Uh, that stuff drives me nuts. But, um... Yeah, I don't really find this movie scary. Uh, I found it scary as when I was like three or four when Pennywise was melting for the first time. But as far as TV movie goes, it's not that bad. It's just, I don't know. I mean, how scary can a TV movie be? Some pretty scary ones on Lifetime. Those are the best movies. <laughs> I think I'm next, but I, I don't think it's that scary. I think it could be if you really thought about it, because they really do kind of cut every time there would be violence. We talked about that earlier, but I enjoy that it's not super scary. It allowed me to like relax and watch this and just kind of take in the story of the kids and stuff. And it's kind of the opposite of what like a hostel or a saw is going to do, where they just show every drop of blood coming out. Like, I don't I don't like that stuff. So I do appreciate this kind of stuff. Uh, it's incredibly boring. Uh, there's no horror at all. It's just like Josh said, they cut whenever anything violent is, is about to happen. Not that I need to see violence or anything, but like, there's really nothing to go off of to, to get any emotion of fear or get your heart rate going up. So it's all pretty tame. Like Stevie said, you're not going to see anything made for, made for TV that's going to be too scary. Do we know what channel this was on back then? A ABC. Yeah, you're not going to have any 
anything. This is just a clean Disney movie. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say profoundly unscary. And I think the way that it's it's structured like the book, right? And when they redid the movies, it was it was a choice to do it all kids. But what that does get you out of is this repetitive nature. And like even even if you would find the first flashback scary, like I, I feel like you're just gonna it just is so repetitive and you know that there's going to be a Pennywise, you know they're going to escape and you're just going to go on to the next kid. So I, I don't see how even the tension could work when you just know exactly the beats it's going to hit every time. Well, fair enough. We'll see if these responses change. That's it, part one. We're going to take a short break before we go into it, part two. Uh, but first, we do have some quick trivia. Oh! So we're going to do one... Jeopardy style question and answer. Whoever responds correctly will get a daily double bonus during poor man's Jeopardy trivia. Mother of God. So that means the winner's first pick, first pick, mind you, in poor man's Jeopardy, it is going to have double the value. Game changer. Wow. So if you pick a two pointer and you get it right, you're going to actually get four points. Or if you get it wrong, it'll be deducted four points. Oh, no. So again, there's only one question and answer here. I'm going to go to each of you one at a time. And if someone gets it right, that's it. The bonus goes to them. If for some reason you don't want this, you can pass if you're worried about the negative points. Trivia order does not apply here. So I'm putting your names in a random generator. Wow. And we're going to go through you one oh, at a time. We don't have that technology. Just let me know when you fight up the generator. I'll provide <laughs> the noises. Uh. Firing it up now. <laughs> I think it's good. <laughs> okay. Nice and mixed. All right. First up is Stevie. Oh. Boo. Seth Green co-starred alongside Mike Myers in this 1999 smash comedy. 99? That would have been... Um... Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. Sorry, your answer must be in the form of a question. Oh, come on. What is Austin Powers and the spy who shagged me? That goes to Josh next. Josh, you're number two. (laughs) Petty. (laughs) So petty. If y'all had some testicles, you'd be like, give Stevie the points. I don't want to make Stevie mad. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody else would have said Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. I may have said Goldmember. Uh huh. Who was Austin Powers of the Shy Bay? <laughs> what was that? I think I Who's heard Austin it. Powers Can I get it one Spank? more time? Josh Who is saying is... it wrong each time. Yeah. Less, Who... less right than Who... Stevie's answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where is Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me? <laughs> Technically, your response is in the form of a question, and it is the right response. Somehow, you made it, Josh. Congratulations. Boom. Looks like we made it. Controversy. <laughs> of course, Josh is at the center of it. Y'all can miss me on part two. That's all there is? Yeah, just one. Just going to go through each of you until someone gets it. Sorry oh. that Corey's a man of principle. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> Espa, I thought it was gonna be a hard. I thought it was gonna be a hard question. I thought that was hard. That wasn't hard. No, it was tricky. <laughs> I was like Corey. That was like the most popular movie of the '90s. Was Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Besides your stupid Star Wars prequels, it was Austin Powers next. All right, just uh, before we go, side note, I was driving to uh, Maryland a few years ago for training, and I got into Pennsylvania, and I texted Brittany to let her know I was in Pennsylvania, and after PE, my autocorrect came up as Pennywise, and I was listening to it on audiobook at the time, and I was kind of freaked out a little bit. Dude, you're in Pennywise's algorithm. You got to get out, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you guys notice Pennywise kills a lot more than just children? He kills a lot of boners in this movie, kills a lot of celebrations. What's a children? Yeah, he he kills all those sexy moments. <laughs> Even if it's not his best role, I hope at some point we talk about how Tim Curry is a worldwide treasure and he's unbelievable. Muppet Treasure Island's future spoilers pick. <laughs> Shiver my timber, shiver my soul. I loved him in Congo. Classic. That's it for part one. Like I said, we're going to take a short break. We'll see you guys in a little bit to finish up it. And we'll be doing part two. Wilford Brimley and have had diabetes for about 20 years. I stay active and I feel pretty good most of the time. See, I do a few simple things now. I'm not perfect, but I try and watch my diet and exercise and I check my blood sugar. And I get all my diabetic testing supplies from Liberty Medical. If you're 65 or over and on Medicare, call Liberty, they can help you live a better life. Hundreds of thousands of people trust Liberty. They're the nation's leader in home delivery of diabetic testing supplies. Bring everything you need right to your door. Fill out your insurance forms, even bill Medicare or your insurance company, and you pay no money up front. Oh, and they carry all the brands. If you have diabetes, you check your blood sugar, and you check it off, and there's no reason not to. And call Liberty. They can help you live a better life. During our break, we were we were talking, we were having a little group discussion, and we decided that instead of discussing part two of the It miniseries, we're going to just go ahead and review the 2002 Adam Sandler classic, Mr. Deeds. What do you Let's guys say? Let's go. <laughs> yes. Pivot. <laughs> Finally a good movie. <laughs> Finally a good movie. I'm very sneaky. Pappy asked Corey in the group thread if he liked dark comedies, and Corey gave our group thread a cold shoulder for like four days. After At that. least four days. It was awkward. It took him that long to find out what a dark comedy was. <laughs> you guys were just talking football for like 72 straight hours. <laughs> Wait, were we? Yeah, I had no idea what the fuck anyone was talking about. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds so right. They're like fucking end zone, yards, kicker, special teams. I'm like, what the fuck are these words? 
I just assumed you like really hated Mr. Deeds and were super offended by <laughs> us defending it. That's what I thought. Like, I don't really hate Mr. Deeds. It's just like one of Adam Sandler's like kind of lame movies. It's not like blended or, you know, pixels. I mean, things have gotten a lot worse since Mr. Deeds. Just go if it's one of his best, though. You know if Mr. Deeds would have come out in 1999 instead of 2000, whatever, he would have liked it. Because it would have been a 90s movie. It was right on the cusp of being good, Mm -hmm. Brett. (laughs) Uh, But let's switch gears. We we are going to talk about part two of the It miniseries. My points here might be slightly out of order, so ignore the finer details. Uh, Where we left off... Our gang of heroes, now grown, are going back to Derry after being contacted by Mike and them going through each of their own like vague flashbacks of the trauma they endured as children. One of the grave spots is taken up. Not all of them are going back. Eek. Dude, he's so good in that scene. I'm sorry. Like Tim Curry's at least really good. Like He might look silly, but I think he's really good in these flashback scenes. He like, is doing his best with what he can. Take your pick, but a bird, a bird, Billy Boy. Oh, except for the one on the end. That's already taken. Sorry. I remember you. And I remember we beat you. I'm not afraid of you. (laughs) I agree. I think Tim Curry is awesome in this movie. And he's just kind of awesome in general, but he's really great as Pennywise. I mean, even though it's not necessarily scary all the time and it's just him being a fucking goofball, like, that's still cool. Like, I, I still am entertained by that. See, that's the kind of dark comedy that Corey likes. <laughs> yeah. That's the dark comedy. I guess we found it. I was saying that Stanley is not coming back to town because he died by suicide, and then Brett just brought up it. No, but so. I know what you. I know what you meant. Yeah, Stanley. Well, I, I'm saying he's good in that part. Stanley, smartest character. Yes, he doesn't have to. He Bro. doesn't have to be bored for the next hour and a half. That's true. I'd rather go down like Stan than Eddie. <laughs> a virgin. <laughs> a virgin eaten by a spider bug. Thing. No, he just gets hugged. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get to that virgin part? Is that like them trying to do a complete 180 from what really happens? Oh, that's an interesting. Oh, take. by the way, because he's—I told you—he's married in the book. And if I remember, he married a woman that's like his mom, like just a like controlling nightmare lady. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Stevie. That they had an orgy in the book, and then all of a sudden right. before I he dies. The, yeah. I thought the allusion to that was John Ritter stroking that girl's face for 10 straight minutes. It was really awkward. Was oh, my so God. I, I did not like, like, on screen, like, ugh. Did not like that one bit. Stevie, imagine how much he was doing that, like, how many takes they took oh, in, like, between scenes no. and, like, getting into character. Take 37. <laughs> John strikes again. John Ritter's got Burger King grease on his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Wiping them all over Annette O'Toole's face. She makes out with Bill full on when they get to the Chinese restaurant. Too. So it's awkward. Gross. She kisses. What the heck is a funny guy's name? Ugh. Funny Richie? air quotes. Richie. She kisses Jeff Richie Fox and then Ritty. she gets to Ben and doesn't do anything. Then she full on makes out with Bill. It's so weird. He's a married man. It's, it's like they clearly, because I think in the book it even says something like there's like, 
some sexual chemistry between them and the way that they show that on screen is showing them making out like there's no subtleness at all and they're like conveying they have sex in the book do they i only read 80 yeah. percent of the book i learned on reddit recently that women are oftentimes just attracted to men with a different type of immune system than them so i think that's what like <laughs> they got going on what so it's like no what <laughs> what are you talking about joe rogan <laughs> look that up jamie she should be into eddie then all I, my serious point here is that as weird and awkward as like all that sexual stuff is, it's probably some of the most interesting stuff we see on film here. Like it actually is kind of captivating. Like what is because going it's on? The only thing happening. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just awkward. Can I say something about Bill? Yeah, I'm repulsed by him. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's. I hate his ponytail. I hate his mole. Like he's clearly he looks like Stephen King. Kind of, of yeah. Era. Yeah, that's the point, right? Pre-stroke. <laughs> that is Stephen King, though, right? He's so unpleasant to see. Does the mole have a ponytail? <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell. <laughs> it's a single strand of hair, but yes. <laughs> the mole is the reason he has the ponytail. It made him keep it. Stephen, answer your question. He, uh, What's the book he wrote in the thing? There's, there's a poster in the library. The smiling. No. The, the glowing? glowing? <laughs> the glowing, yeah. The the glowing, that's a great reference. The glowing, which is the shining, but maybe you guys can fill me in on like what the others are, because there's High Wire, Gargoyles Dance, Gnaw, and The Smile. So Gnaw is probably Cujo? High Wire might be Firestarter? I don't know. High Wire. I don't what know was the any, second one? Any of those. Gargoyles Dance. Gargoyles Dance. That's probably a reference to The Shining. I have to imagine the book when the when he's like out in the courtyard and all the statues are moving. Oh, and like the hedges are moving yeah. and shit too. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a reference to that. Thought he was just a big fan of that Gargoyles TV series. <laughs> that shit was dope. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Street Sharks, uh, <laughs> Street Magic Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars. Uh, <laughs> So uh, Bill arrives in Derry. He meets up with Mike at the library. And uh, he hangs out with Mike for a while. They kind of like dig up some old memories because people's memories kind of start to come back a little bit when they get back in Derry, but it takes a while. By dig up some memories, do you mean have a 10-minute bike montage of fucking rad tricks? (laughs) This movie makes me repulsed by bikes. I hate them now. (laughs) That is exactly what I mean, Mikey. I mean, did you think that was fun? <laughs> Hell yeah. All Everybody's just getting some sick combos. Uh, there's a, <laughs> a peg grind off of a... Uh, what is it? The thing that goes up and down. Seesaw. <laughs> seesaw or teeter-totter. A seesaw, yeah. Then turned it into a McTwist? I don't know. I thought that guy was going to die when he, when he went up and down that thing. He looked very shaky on that. Bill was so impressed when he did that move. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst touchdown dance ever. Bill's reaction to that is the best part of this entire movie. <laughs> it might be. It really is. It's the only thing that feels somewhat authentic for the time. Corey, do you approve of how long this montage is, though? I mean... This thing is three hours long, and it's this has got to be at least five minutes. I love to hate these kind of scenes. There's two of these scenes in the second half of this movie, <laughs> and man, the, the way you do the things you do is this one. And then there's a well, we'll talk about the other one. In do a you minute. guys not have any nostalgia though for like 
meeting up with people you knew in your hometown, from your hometown, and like kind of acting like kids again. What do you think this podcast is, Josh? I have nostalgia when I do it, not when I watch these losers from It do it. Saying you guys all live in your hometown still, except for Corey. Sorry, Brett's all high and mighty over there in Fort Wayne. I. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, he moved out of Dairy, guys. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> it's just painfully awkward, though, right, Josh? Like their movements and like when they do like the whole bull thing. Like it's not even like it's. They're like say act like a kid, and it just doesn't work. It's weird, uncomfortable. I also because the whole they're running away from a supernatural clown, and they're like having fun. It's like, dude, go get a gun with silver bullets. <laughs> why is nobody strapped up in this movie? It's addressed. Richie comments, "Why don't we have a machine gun before they go down there?" I guess that kind of addresses that. Kind of on Pappy's point. Bill's face when he opens the deck of cards and his like mouth is just hanging open. <laughs> Dude, he's out of breath. He can barely say his lines. Like he's huffing and puffing them. It's so strange. I don't I thought that was just a stutter. No, he's like he's like he rides up on the bike and he's like out of breath from riding on the bike. It's a totally different voice than his stutter. Corey, play the clip. Not just any cards. Bicycle. They always made the best noise. It's because Stephen King would also be out of breath. He's method acting. <laughs> He's method acting. Well, also Richie arrives in town in a really nice car because, you know, he's one of the guys that's hit the big time. Uh, what I think is funny about Richie's arrival in town is that he sings aloud while he's driving, but without any music playing. Oh, come on. Not the Paramount, you slime balls. Where are the people of this city supposed to get their culture? He just sings? That's weird to me. I don't know. Is that not weird to you guys? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Richie might be the worst character in the whole thing. It struck me as a rights issue. They couldn't get the Beach Boys actual recording, but they could have a character mime some of the lines. Honestly, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> well, when Richie arrives, he goes over to the library. Stevie, what did you think of this scene? I was really bummed that Mike didn't call him on the phone again, because I, f- I feel like... Mike's entire arc should be done on the phone and not in person. So that was kind of disappointing. But this is the part where Pennywise is starting to really fuck with him. And I did kind of like how Pennywise was uh, interrupting him anytime he was trying to talk to that uh, librarian chick. And especially when he was screaming, she's too young for you. I actually laughed at that part. That was actually kind of funny. Isn't this also where, like, the balloons and blood were going off? Yeah. If I remember correctly. In everyone's face. Yeah, so I know the budget is low, and I understand they probably couldn't pay the editor a bunch of money, but I don't know. I didn't love the balloons and blood. I just thought it looked really cheap, especially with, like, the quick cuts, like, before and after. Yeah. But that's my take on it. You could just kind of... I understand it's a TV movie. I get it. But just... Looking at it was kind of awkward. Very obvious jump cuts. I think Pennywise is hilarious in that scene. Yeah, that's probably maybe the best one when he's up on the 
the top. Mike Hammond, if you see... Hey, excuse me, sir. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out. Mike Hanlon said I had to go, said I had to get cleaned up. Tell him, tell him, tell him I'll see him tonight. Get out! Last chance, don't you? Get out! Get out! Excuse me, ma'am. Is your refrigerator running? It is. Well, you better catch it before it runs away. Corey, Corey's watching this through the filter of a comedy. Like, what, are we, what are we talking about here? Pennywise is so fucking stupid in that moment. <laughs> he's stupid throughout the whole thing. He's talking in the moon. He's a face in the moon. That's why I had that as a spoiler. I mean, he's just hes just like such a troll. Mikey, I'm somewhat surprised at you because the it parts are all just straight up practical effects with actor giving 100% effort. What, like... Except they're not good. They're just not good. The effects aren't good, and he's not killing anybody. He's just kind of like, if you're standing right next to them, just stab somebody. Do something, man. Get, I don't know. I know it's the, it's TV, but it's just so boring when like the whole movie is just getting pranked <laughs> by <laughs> Pennywise for three hours. This is the original punked. And then at the end, he just gets curb stomped american x style it's like so (laughs) (laughs) stupid that's a good way to put it he's just like pranking people that's his mo he's like tom green but gets life from it (laughs) he's like the collector aka the pranker the prankster (laughs) the home alone killer he's shooting his blood in people's faces it's a good time it's just a prank bro well ben also arrives in Derry. Brett, you want to tell us about uh, what Ben's up to? Uh, okay, yeah. He first stops off to the old uh, barons or whatever they're called. and The most lush barons ever. Then <laughs> he goes and stands at the place where he was almost killed the last time. And then some hobo comes up to him asking for money. He thinks it's Pennywise, but I think it's just a hobo. And then he goes back to the cab. And then another classic Pennywise when he pulls away. He's just standing on the side of the road with a balloon or something, waving at him. Like, you guys are shitting on the Richie one. At least something happened in that one. At least there was blood. There's nothing. The Ben one is so lame. Like, we get another cameo of, of the, the skull. Skeleton. Yeah, the skull. I forgot about that. And I guess Brett said a hobo shows up, and that's it. There's nothing. It's so forgettable. It's like one jump scare. When you have a prop that good, you got to reuse it. Speaking of second movie club, ain't that hobo was the hobo of Mr. Deeds? Ooh. Ooh, and in super bad. At yes. the bar. Blue guys. Blue guys. Um, Blue guys. McMuffin. <laughs> Thank you, Stevie. <laughs> One of the things that Ben does is he like well first he witnesses some like late eighties street toughs. Like they beat up some kid and he's just kinda like watching like this is pretty cool. And then like <laughs> after they leave and like the coast is clear, he goes and like helps the kid out. The kid has like the tiniest, tiniest little scratch on his knee and he like <laughs> takes a bandana and like dips it in pond water and like wraps it around Now his if leg. you do that in the Elkhart <laughs> River, you're going to get some E. coli in that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that knee's coming off. That Everything from the knee down. It's not going to last very long. Uh, according to IMDb, the bum has one credit to his name. 
and it's Aww. it. Is an actor known for it. That's so, too bad. Yeah. Wait, was he, he it? Was he it in this movie, or is it just a bum? No, his his, <laughs> his name is Bum. That's what he's credited as. Bum. His, his wow. Christian name is Bum. <laughs> what are you, Bum Junior, if you will. His God-given legal name, Bum. Any spare change, Mister? Hey, who walked all over your grave? I wasn't gonna hurt you. No, he forgot his name. This guy was a bum, and they paid him a bologna sandwich to be in this movie. <laughs> He's a nice bum. He doesn't want to hurt you. He doesn't even know you. He's looking at John Ritter. How much food did you get for this role? <laughs> Oof. I have a question. Is John Ritter a good actor? I think so. Like in general, Maybe not. is he just He's like more a comedic guy? I think. Is he just loved? Because I feel like everybody always loved John Ritter, and like, but I don't know if he's like an actually good actor, like Will Smith. I mean, he's in Problem. He's seen Problem Child, right? No, I really liked Three's Company when I was a kid. Eight Simple Rules is really funny. My dad used to like that show. He was only in like thirty something episodes of that show before he died. But I mean, that show went on for a lot longer. Yeah, they changed the name to Eight Simple Rules. As opposed to, it was called Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. I'd like to see Pappy rub a woman's face for a couple hours on set and see where that gets him. <laughs> like, Wait, not just anyone why can would do that. No one wants to see that. <laughs> Only John Ritter can pull that off. I'm not likable enough to do that. <laughs> I'm not likable. What do you think the direction there was? Like, hey, be as creepy as possible with the Netto tool? Put your dong on her neck and rub her face. John, I want you to go to craft services, find the greasiest thing you can find, then start your scene. Well, if she's into grease, then she's got to... I'm in. I'm born to play this part. The pap grease. The pap grease. This just struck me, though. I feel like Paul Paul Rudd is kind of like the reincarnation of this character. Like, he would play this. Like, Paul Rudd could rub a woman's face... And right now, we'd be like, okay, that's not that bad. But in 30 years, when they watched it, they'd be like, why was he rubbing her face for so long? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. I, I could see that. I mean, but she's loving it. She's, like, flirting with all of these dudes. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, we know what happened in the book. It's just so awkward when they portraying her as this in the movie, I guess, when they've obviously cut that part out. Yeah, I can't imagine that on ABC. <laughs> I got that idea as a kid because I didn't know the book when I saw this miniseries that she was just like kind of a a free spirit, you know. One of them fast girls. Down to fuck a bunch of guys kind of lady. <laughs> you guys, though, I was thinking about it and two, two points on this. A, this is a movie where things just happen. So that sex scene just happening it kind of makes sense. That's first point A. It's pretty weak, I'll admit. The second point is her father and her thoughts on love and like what that's supposed to be are so messed up. And the definitely and like what it is is like supposed to be bringing out all those like messed up parts of you. I th- I think it can kind of make sense. I would never write anything like this, like Stephen King was able to when this came out, but. I don't know. I just wanted to share that because I've been ruminating on that. I, I'm not standing up for the scene. It's still problematic, but those are some things Wait, to maybe think about. You talking about in the book? 
Yeah. Like the orgy scene. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I know it like it's squeam. It, it makes everyone uncomfortable, but to me, it, it, it makes sense in the book. It's just, it's very weird, but I mean, I think it's explained very well. Again, 2020 it's different, but I, I mean, I agree I with what you're you saying. In as much anything made sense in the book, right? I don't know. I think it's a very rich story. I, I really like the book. The only way we could get the truth is in a long format forum like Joe Rogan. Stephen King could go on there and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do lines with Stephen King and really get down to brass tacks. Dude, I bet he's got a messed up mind. Well, Eddie also arrives in Derry, and uh, I'll go through his bit rather quickly because there's not a lot to it. He goes to the drugstore that he used to get his asthma medicine from when he was a kid. And he remembers, like, the pharmacist. And then he has kind of, like, a flashback while in Derry. And just one thing that's kind of noteworthy is the verbal exchange is kind of weird. How old are you now, son? Eleven. Almost twelve. Old enough. Come with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow down, sir. I'm not that kind of boy. <laughs> no, but obviously he met old enough to know that his mom's a psycho. Yeah, I got to tell you in the back room where no one can see us. <laughs> uh, would you really do that, though, as an adult? I mean, that would be like some mind-breaking stuff for that kid, and I don't want that kind of heat. It's like, I'm trying to finish up the workday. I'm not going to destroy this kid's worldview of his breathing Well, this is before right that now. early 90s, like, McDonald's coffee lawsuit. Like, I don't think lawsuits were just thrown around <laughs> so haphazardly back then. You could just slap yeah. a kid around. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, why don't you tell us about Bev's arrival? This is probably one of the best pranks it pulls. It, change, oh, yeah. it changes a whole boarded up <laughs> house in Poor Town to a cozy lair. And it's kind of weird because Bev doesn't know her dad died five years ago, which despite <laughs> their estrangement, it seems like first of kin would be notified somehow. Come on, Stephen King. You're better than that. But she she comes up and she like thinks her dad might be there. She rings the doorbell. It's a sweet uh, old lady. All of a sudden, this lady's like chugging tea, got blood coming out of her teeth, and like this is a whole it like haunted house set up. And Beth has to get the hell out of there. All just so Pennywise can be like, "Gotcha, bitch." <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. The old ketchup in the teacup prank. Got her. I like that the old lady slurps her tea like a disgusting pig. (laughs) That shit's funny. Yeah, that's brutal. I hated that. It was kind of surprising because I thought the old lady would still be an old lady and she'd maybe just get possessed or something like that guy in the pharmacy shop. But no, like this whole thing was in Bev's mind in her old house, I guess. Well, that old lady turns into her dad as dressed up as the old lady, right? And he's a zombie, sort of. Yeah, with the old lady hair and dress, yeah. That was, like, a big part of the advertising for the new It Chapter 2. Remember, Pappy? Oh, it was. That was, like, one of my favorite parts of the new Chapter 2. Like, that whole sequence was awesome. Because you have Pennywise, like, sneaking around as old lady. Doing gymnastics. That was hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel anything. It kind of... I, I love, like, the, the look of the, the man lady chasing after her. But, I mean... We've all said this. None of this is scary, right? None of this is very spooky at all. It's just more silly. 
And that's okay too. Is it? <laughs> Silly spoilers! <laughs> yeah, maybe that was, yeah, for a different month I should have picked this one. But uh, our gang, they, they meet up for dinner. They're all together at Chop Suey Chinese Kitchen. When they first meet up, they're kind of like freaking out a little bit, but they decide to, I guess, get drunk first and take action later. <laughs> Pappy, what did you think about this bit? Well, I don't know. It's one of those things where they address it once where they're just like being so loud uh, where, where the lady comes in and running after like all the fortune cookies change. But I mean, it's also one of those things too. They're getting fucking hammered. And then like a lot of shit like goes down that night, including like driving Mike to the hospital at one point. And it doesn't, the alcohol doesn't seem to affect them much uh, beyond Richie. But I don't know. There's like a really weird directing choice, I think in this scene too, where they're like, circling the camera circling the table and it's like cutting in between other conversations and it literally like made me fucking seasick to watch i hated it so much does anyone remember what i'm talking about yes it's it's weird it is really disorienting i know what you're talking about I, i didn't get the you actually got motion sickness from this for someone who doesn't like Michael Bay movies, Corey, I can't believe like the camera not stopping moving for like three straight minutes didn't yeah. bother They're you. They're also like fading in and out across cuts and it's like rotating that whole time. So it's like, wow, we're just in a new place rotating, in a new place on the table rotating. It's just really disorienting, I guess. I was mostly getting hung up on like the good time because it's all right, Angels in the Outfield montage song. So that's where my mind was at. It could happen. Is that the third time we've covered that song? I love <laughs> I love that the waitresses just hate them. The waitresses are just so fed up with how loud they're being and obnoxious. Side note, does anyone recognize the main waitress from this scene? Is she from Happy Gilmore? She is from Happy Gilmore. Huh? Hey! You know our breakfast? <laughs> She's the <laughs> no Chinese way. woman that That's her? Happy Gilmore pity fuck. I had no idea, by the way. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> that is her. I looked it up. I verified it. Terry! And then whatever the song is. Future spoiler. The, and the Knights Go Crazy Lady? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Stevie, what did you think of those fortune cookies? They each have a unique surprise. <laughs> I, I don't get this movie, Things man. Things just happen, <laughs> Stevie. Things like... Then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Flashback, 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 flashback. I mean, like, once again, I know it's a TV movie, but there are times where, like, I mean, I almost would have rather seen Pennywise, like, doing backflips on top of the table and throwing, like, fried rice at them than watching just an eyeball come out of the cookie and Bill start stuttering again. Yeah, I did not love this scene. I, I can't say I was a giant fan of it. Like, w- does it resonate a lot in the book? Like, am I missing something? Is Bill afraid of eyes? Like, the Chinese scene's pretty big, yeah. Yeah, it's big. It, it's a lot <sighs> creepier, but not like... I mean, that's not creepy at all. I mean, I was trying to figure out what that little hairy arm thing was coming out yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't remember. It's, it's. I think they get like messages. I think they. I feel like they're getting messages from Pennywise or something. I don't remember. All of these were Pokemon. One of them is just like a premature chicken. I'm pretty sure. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a little little bird. Side note, Josh. Um, the Beverly thing, you think it's weird that she wouldn't know that her dad died, but like, remember when they left, they forgot like everything? Like, they didn't even know who people were or like that they were even from Derry and stuff like that. Like, Bill, I don't know if he says it in the movie, but in the book, he forgot that his brother was murdered. She's like, how the fuck did I come into existence? <laughs> <laughs> I am alive. What is? Did I Derry? file my taxes last year? What is going on? Makes sense that way, I guess. That's just my take. Well, Brett, our gang goes back to their base, and uh, they find out what happened to Stan because he didn't show up. Brett, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh, Richie gets the award for most inappropriate talking ever. Um, I hope they're not on the same line. He's talking on that phone. Anyway, um, so they call and they're like, where's Stan? He promised to come. What does he say? He's like dead to us or something? Like he calls him out for being dead? He said a bunch of inappropriate things. Yeah. He's like, you better be dead. Mike Hanlon, is this a U.S. residence? I'm trying to get a hold of Stan Uris. You tell that loser that if he hasn't left already, he's a dead man. We all managed to show up. Boy, that matches your real hair. Has anyone ever told you? Stan is dead. So, yeah, they call. They're For some reason, they're, like, having a good time. And they want to call Stan, like, get your butt over here. And then Mike talks to somebody and then hangs up the phone and said, Let's go. Said Stan killed himself. Mike on the phone. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your favorite part? I live for a mic on the phone. For the like for three hours, I live for a mic on the phone or narrating. Well, it's half the movie. Yeah. Bill, this is Mike Hanlon, Bill, from Derry. When I say let's go, that is the most climactic thing that happens in this movie, is Mike on the phone. <laughs> Bill's like, I need to call my publicist. Mike like grabs the phone. Let me make the call. <laughs> Let me get it for you, pal. Dang, you should have given this part to Stevie. He could have made it super exciting. <laughs> then they open up the mini fridge because they want to drink some more, and then the balloons come out. And then, like, what, lightning crashes or something? I don't remember what happens. No, bro's head is inside there. They talk to Stan's severed head. Oh, yeah, yeah, Stan Ewers' head's in there. That was pretty funny. Josh, I mean, I agree. It's funny, right? He's being a complete, like, fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's shocking, though, because they're meeting Stan, really, for the first time now as an adult. And they don't get that moment, like, oh, your hair's gray. Oh, like, you're chubby <laughs> now. It's just like, oh, you're a fucking head in a fridge. <laughs> Stan, sorry I'm late. Well, let's see who's here. Ba 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 Billy boy. Richie, you still here? We never expected you to stick around. Nice nose job. No one would ever suspect. Hey, Stock. Putting on a little weight, huh? Speaking of dads, Bevy, yours isn't worried about you anymore. He loves your choice in men. Wheezy, how's your sex life? What's your sex life? Well, Mikey, you did it. You got us all back here. I guess it's because it's the only way you'd ever see us. Since you're so lame, you'd never leave this town. I finally made it, guys. I'm in the deadlights now. And you know what? It's true what they say. We all float down here. And you will too. In fact, they all float. They all float. Did the actor who played Richie really have a nose job? Like, 
because like I was looking at his nose because he's like calling them all out for, like, for specific things. He's like, "Nice nose job, Richie." I'm like, "Did that guy really have a nose job?" Harry Anderson? I have no idea. Maybe. I think that's an interesting point though because I think this part kind of accelerates the plot because he holds nothing back. He kind of just throws everything they've been thinking about into their faces and it's kind of all out in the open, which maybe is like a mistake on its part because that kind of brings the group closer together, maybe, you could argue. Engaging them at all is a mistake on its part. If he just leaves them alone, they would check out. They were planning on leaving until he did the whole fortune cookie thing. Well, he wanted revenge on them, I guess. Plus 27 years to marinate that fear would have probably tasted pretty good to him. He's eaten. He's not hungry. He's good. He's got kids. <laughs> Audra! <laughs> One thing I kind of like is, like, they remember Stan as a young boy, and he used to, like, ward off mummies with, like, his bird book back in the day. That was pretty cool. That mummy looked like shit, though. <laughs> Better than the wolf, man. Corey, don't get down on yourself. I know these guys are ripping it apart right now. I had fun watching it. Thanks for picking it. Just want to say that. Same. Yes or no's? <laughs> well, we're not quite there yet because uh, we got to intro Henry Bowers. <laughs> Mikey, I mean, what's Henry Bowers about? He's up there talking to the moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Henry Bowers is the kid that his hair turned white in the tunnel <laughs> in the first half of the movie. And I guess uh, he's been locked up in a mental facility for like this whole time. And I guess he's also like aged 20 years plus everybody because he looks like 60 with white hair. <laughs> yeah. And he ends up seeing Pennywise's face in the moon. And Pennywise is like, you got to go kill these kids for me. He, he like uses his stealth, uh, much like Splinter Cell, and he <laughs> sneaks into the cabin or whatever the, everybody's staying at, uh, doesn't make a peep, and he ends up stabbing Mike, and then that's when Mike ends up going to the hospital. <laughs> but what's-his-face dies. Bill ends up dying because he stabs himself uh, in the end there. If this is D&D, Mike is like a regular human with like two HP <laughs> and this dude gets a stealth roll on him and ends up stabbing himself, basically. Yeah, he's got a sneak attack bonus. He gets a crit hit. <laughs> Mike didn't parry. What I like about Henry Bowers, a couple things, actually. So, like, he's he's in a, like, he's locked up in a facility. But in this facility, the inmates sleep in the hallway. Yeah, so that's, that's weird. Cool. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I've always wondered about that. <laughs> what is that about? Just overstocked in dairy? Pro- well, that makes sense. Everybody's gone crazy. We also get the return of Belch, who is like the Pennywise stand-in for Henry. He's like a zombie version of Belch. Henry, totally cool with this, by the way. Not freaked out. Belch gives him the knife that he uses that you know Mikey described. But uh, to escape the facility... Belch turns into a dog wearing a clown outfit, which is awesome. Is it? And then he attacks the uh, the Dean Coon stand-in. <laughs> is it awesome? It's funny, dude. Surprise me. It, he looks at the guy, and it's a dog, <laughs> and then the dog's wearing the clown outfit. <laughs> it's a dog wearing a clown outfit. Come on, man. I, I had never seen this before, but the still of, like, 
moon pennywise was like 90 percent of the reason i never bothered to watch this that just looked so fucking stupid out of context it's kind of funny in context but it's just it's so dumb i mean it's just a rottweiler's head it's not even like a mask or anything they just put a clown suit on a rottweiler and had him bark it like that's an easy task they just put a clown suit on a rottweiler (laughs) (laughs) when you say it like that well, we got to assume it was trained, Josh. We'll see what he's turning to triumph, the insult dog or something. That is basically Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that happens that I think is is pretty cool is when Bev and Ben are alone, and she like starts reciting the poem back to him. She realizes that he wrote that "Hair is Winter Fire" poem, and they kiss, and then like. <laughs> Ben looks at himself like in the mirror and he sees he has like clown makeup on. Kiss me, fat boy. <laughs> Classic prank. Anybody else wish they would have gone further? Yeah. Yes, Stevie. Let's spice it up a bit. I thought that there was there was two missed opportunities in this movie. One you should have taken Bev, a.k.a. Pennywise, to bed and found out there. Like he's got a white powdery dick? <laughs> beep, beep. Something. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Other missed opportunity was Audra's boss or whatever. That Stanley, Stanley Tucci was born to play that role. How he didn't get it is beyond me, but I'll leave it at that. The Tooch? Yeah, Tucci Gang was born for that role. <laughs> Stevie, I'm surprised your number three wasn't that Mike had phone sex with uh, somebody or something like that. That's how he got Beverly to come home. <laughs> He's like, yeah. That's right, because Audra, Audra comes to figure out what's going on with Bill. She, she comes to Derry, but she's immediately taken by Pennywise. Like, eat by the Harbringer. Yeah. Before, like, before she even gets into town, it's a real rough route for her. Yeah, like, does Pennywise have her have her social media looked up? Like, how does he know who this woman is? Just omnipotent presence. Kind of, yeah. He's from a different dimension. He's a bug. No, he's not really a bug. We'll get to that. For those who have read the book, what what are the deadlights? Oh, I only read like eighty percent of the book, like years. That ago. is his actually his true form. He's a light, like a f- well, he, the, he sets his true form in his other dimension that he came from millions and millions of years ago. What do the lights do? They make you brain dead, catatonic, and then, and then that's like a way for him to eat you or just get you out of the way. It's like his non-physical form. Huh. Is, you know what? Sign me up. Twenty twenty sucks. Sign me up for that. <laughs> this is one of the parts I like about this because this being is so kind of like outside of, of a human concept. I just find it pretty creative. My first note, Josh, is I can't believe people think this is good. I can't believe you actually <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> it's so beyond me. It's so terrible. Am like I playing every... my cards too straight? Is it so obvious that I fucking love this? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I really like that part about it. Like the whole like it's like there's this whole like awkward presence over this whole movie though. This whole like cheese and terribleness. Like I guess if you point out the individual parts of story 
about it. Like, yeah, people love this story, like for many, many reasons. But like, there's this whole like cheapness that surrounds the miniseries that like ruins <laughs> every scene. I want to say a quick thing. So when I was a little kid, I wasn't allowed to see a lot of horror movies, especially if they're rated R. But I saw this one because I was with my grandma and we went to the video store. That's, you know, a place where you used to get movies back in the day. So fun. And uh, I saw this movie and I ch- immediately checked the rating, you know, just based on the cover. You know, Tim Curry on the front, Pennywise with the, like the claws. I checked the rating. It says NR, not rated. So I asked You're my, like, yeah. my grandma, I said, can I get this? It's not rated R. And like, I was so fucking pumped <laughs> to watch this movie that as a little kid, I loved every minute of it just because it was like, you know, something I wasn't normally allowed to do in a way, but I found like a loophole. I was with my grandma. It was not rated. <laughs> so I felt like I was, you know, watching a grown up thing. So Corey is blinded by the nostalgia of getting away with something and loving it. <laughs> it's like him watching a, a porno for the first time. He's going to remember it forever. Corey, <laughs> don't like look into the dead lights. hey pappy yeah just real quick while you're talking grandparents my grandpa let me watch predator and terminator but we couldn't watch purple rain what (laughs) well i mean purple rain's very explicit sexually but like yeah that's true this would be like a pg movie though right i mean i i I get it's probably just not rated because it was a tv TV. movie exactly tv yeah i'm sure it'd be a pg-13 there's a lot of blood, even if it's fake blood. Did that exist at this time? Uh, yeah. I just relate to Corey's child self because as an adult, it's well documented on this pod. I don't like gore and what I call torture porn. So to be able torture to watch porn. like a horror movie that doesn't have any of that, but does have supernatural elements, it just really, uh, I like that stuff. Nice. Now I know what to pick for a Josh Punishment movie but nice yeah i just did 120 days of solo most listened to spoilers episode ever i might add but that can't be listened to more than district b13 you're right it's number two (laughs) thank you (laughs) well we talked about mike getting stabbed he's in the hospital he gives bill a secret weapon he gives him a phone magic silver from when they were kids so stupid can I say something about Mike too, real quick? <laughs> Definitely. Mike is supposed to, like they call Mike like the lighthouse keeper or something. Like, how long have we been here? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They, say you like me, lobster. <laughs> and they all, they all acknowledge that one, they become very successful because of the supernatural force. That's explicitly stated. Two. Mike is poor because he had to stay. That's explicitly stated. And three, he stayed because he had to stay. He was staying for all of them. At no point do any of these multimillionaires, like millionaires to multimillionaires say, hey, here's a check for $25,000. You know what I mean? Like that's nothing to them. And they just like, fucking hey. leave. They're not all multimillionaires. A couple of them are, Brett. And the ones who are, okay, but are you saying they don't, they shouldn't give him a that's little bit of money, job. Brett? Is that what you're Ritter trying to say? could have paid him in burger grease alone. Oh, my God, Brett, you're so staunch. <laughs> he even pays for their dinner, to Pappy's point. Socialism. He lives in yeah. the ghetto. He lives in the ghetto. <laughs> he gets free food. 
What the? I'm you saying... You gotta pay this man for harboring all of their fear for 30 years. He should just pull himself up by his fucking bootstraps. <laughs> right. Exactly. He does own his house. He says that, so he's like not... It's not the worst situation Oh my for him. god, that's funny. Just move, Mike. But I mean, yeah, I, I just feel like... Here, for just fifteen thousand dollars, like a couple, like Richie could at least afford that, and like Richie's success is directly because Mike stayed back and dealt with it. When should they have given him money? When he's, when he, when he's in the hospital <laughs> to pay his bill for the hospital, maybe. But at the after the thing, they started forgetting like immediately, just about convenient for sure. Very convenient. All the white guys forgot to pay Mike. Yeah, and Mike wrote it down. He's like, I ain't forgetting this shit. <laughs> he narrated it five minutes I later. I just feel just bad for Mike. I guess Brett has no sympathy hey, Mikey, for poor Mike. But. Bill might be white, but his mole is definitely a POC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a minority, for sure. I mean, Pap's right, though, because Bill, Ben, and Richie all could have chipped in and helped uh, Mike retire, and they would have still lived very comfortably. I agree. Buy him a new house in what's the capital of Maine, Augusta. Hey, here's a house in Augusta. Here's a little trust fund. Here's some stocks. You're set up. I for agree. Life. Go on with your. Put him in Bangor, and Mike keeps that house and uses it for Airbnb. Bangor is a, I think the big city they talk about in the book all the time. So, I agree. They could have helped him out. It's not their job, but friends do. You know, they were <laughs> friends for like a month and a half. You know, so they owe him a million dollars. You're right. I didn't say a million dollars. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Way to miss the point. (laughs) I was too focused on like, I don't know, like why were they successful because they came in contact with Pennywise? Why did that make them successful in life? Yeah. Why didn't, why didn't any of them have kids? That was another throw, throwaway line too. And it was like, kind of intriguing but also kind of frustrating because I never came back to that that's more in the book uh, they're all like rewarded for what they did if I remember correctly like everyone that leaves like for the Pennywise situation then they leave they they're like rewarded by I don't know if it's by the turtle or wh- turtle's what, dead but... at that point except Mike but th- that's what the way it is in the book right Brett like they something like that they're I mean, like reaping the rewards of obviously it. Eddie doesn't get rewarded he's dead And for you, Richie Toza, a mithril chain mail. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Rewarded? For what? Smacking it in the face with a piece of silver? It's so stupid. <laughs> I think I think you're right. Uh, but I don't quite remember that as much. I mean, obviously, Bill gets rewarded because Audra, like, wakes up a little bit. But Oh, my God. So good. Yeah, no, I was speaking more to the well, book. Wouldn't it make sense if they're rewarded because they learned how to like overcome adversity or something like more practical, but it's literally like the magical turtle rewards them? What happens in this book? Yeah, there's there's some magic going the on. The turtle is dead at this point, like I said. No, but I mean when they all right. So they're kids, they defeat Pennywise, they leave, turtle's still around, turtle hooks them up, they grow up, <laughs> then turtle dies. <laughs> Turtle from Entourage? There's a timeline. Turtle from Entourage. (laughs) No, I mean, the turtle is like a big part of the book, and people are actually like, were ticked off. Like, John Ritter 
when he signed on, he said, are you gonna, is a turtle going to be in the movie? And the director's like, are you kidding me? Like, how are we going to do that? But yeah, so he's not in the movie. He's, he's like the yin to Pennywise's yang. Mm-hmm. They're like both mystical. He actually vomited up the universe they're in. I could just imagine John Ritter like, so is there going to be a giant turtle flying through space with rocket legs? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... No, John, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Before I rub this woman's face for four hours, listen, I got one question. (laughs) Is there a turtle in this movie? (laughs) Pappy, our gang decides to go face Pennywise. They were back and forth Mm -hmm. on it quite a bit, but Bill leads the way. They go down to his lair. Why don't you tell us about what goes down? As much as I shit on like the cheapness of this movie, I I enjoy the look of the interior of the sewers. Actually, like it, it has this kind of I don't know kitschy, cool '90s vibe to it. It's all very practical. It looks actually like a really great production design. But they show up, and it's kind of a. I think Bill has to face his fears first or something right like he sees his brother and they all they all encourage him and he acknowledges that it's not his brother and the whole time richie's just being a huge bitch like he doesn't want to be there talking about like getting a machine gun and stuff and i think this is where we find out that eddie is a virgin and i have a question is eddie is he supposed to be like gay is that what we're supposed to read into it like when they call him girly boy and stuff i is that what they're hinting at i don't I don't know, I don't know hmm. what that. I just don't know why he brought it up. It's like, dude, we're about yeah. to go kick this bug's ass. Man up right now. <laughs> well, and then to have him die immediately, it's weird. Like, I don't get what the point of the virgin scene is. Yeah, it's a throwaway. Like, it's stupid. Before they go into Pennywise's little, like, fucking Alice in Wonderland door, <laughs> he says some pretty chilling shit. Like, I actually really like this moment. Where he like appears as like a face hologram thing. Silly boy, you still think you can see me? <laughs> You'll never see me. You'll see only what your little mind can allow. Go! Now, for if you stay, you'll lose your little mind and my dead lives. Like all the others. Like all the others. <laughs> He's like, you don't even have your car. Yeah, you never had me. <laughs> <laughs> you n- That's a really good point, Brad. <laughs> we pay for pink slips in yeah, this Yeah, I actually suit. like that too, uh, Corey. No, but it makes it seem like he, he could be like anything. It makes you think, like, holy shit, he doesn't have to be the clown. They could go in there. This guy can be fucking anything. It can just, like, scare you to death, whatever he is. He could be a guy with a gun and just shoot them instantly. <laughs> oh. And then he wouldn't have to Pappy, deal with you this. were talking about Bill and he had to face George. I think what is said is he will face three challenges. He must face his enemy, he must face himself, and he must face his worst fear. I think Princess Katana told him that. Chan? Lou. Okay. Thank you. I knew Corey at least would like it. Uh, Stevie seemed to like it too, so. I liked it. That, that little door he goes into, it's it's like decorated for like Halloween. You know, it has like little skulls and like a jack-o'-lantern. Like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Is it? 
I do funny. like that it's small. <laughs> the, the size of it cracks yeah. me up. The Alice in Wonderland description is freaking perfect. There's no way that bug fits through there, though. Spider. Mikey, what do you think of Pennywise's true form? Uh, he looks very crunchy. He looks like a giant lobster with a very ugly face, and he's got claws and stuff. He looks pretty goofy, I guess, but he is scary. And I don't know. He's like animated in a like stop motion way. It looks terrible. But it's um, awful. It's supposed to be a spider, and it's like the least scary thing I've ever seen. So wait a minute. Oh, Brett, you weren't scared of it? No. Hold That's the phone. good. <laughs> it doesn't even pass Br- Brett's yeah fear, uh, main fear, arachnophobia fear. Wow. It had it had like hands coming out of its face. By the way, it's not technically its true form, but you know. Why is it not its final form? Yeah, like isn't the spider feeding on these humans and then going to sleep? Its final form. Okay, my my point was that is the closest form that humans can comprehend. can comprehend in this universe. I told you, his true form is are those deadlights, but that's like this big spider is the closest thing they can get on in this dimension universe and that the humans can comprehend. Wait, so I thought it was, he didn't pick to be a spider? Like, I thought he picked that to be like extra, no. like he could have picked any form. No, that's his true form and actually in the book he's a female because he's got baby spider eggs all over the place do they burn the crap out of those or something oh yeah they oh yeah they do if i remember correctly yes they destroy all those nice so they face off against pennywise in his uh semi true form i guess Uh, eddie tries the old albuterol trick but (laughs) like we mentioned earlier he gets he gets killed not in a very brutal fashion like you think it's going to be yeah. pretty hardcore because he's got these big spider arms and claws and he picks him up and it's like, oh shit, what's he going to do? Rip him in half? Bite his head off? He just kind of like drops him four feet and he dies. <laughs> and you're like, oh good, he's, he's, gonna, he's still alive, sweet. It would have been a lot cooler if he did. Yeah. <laughs> he gets his arm ripped off in the book and that's how he dies, so that's a little I like cooler. In my mind, my headcanon is that... Um, this kid has been like so born to placebos his whole life, like with that. He, like he just thought he died when he dropped him, so he died. He died. <laughs> he wakes up an hour later. He's like, "Where did everybody go?" He like died in the Matrix, so he dies in real life, basically. Yeah. But Stevie, what do they do? How do they take him out? Ugh. So this is the point of the movie where I would have been okay if it would have gone full straight comedy. Wait. It wasn't? <laughs> it was. Oh, my gosh. They... <laughs> yeah, so part of me was really wishing they would have played Rock Lobster during this scene. Oh. <laughs> and, heading, and they would have had like more of the actors running around. Made it much more Scooby-Doo-like. That, I think, would have been a big hit with the fans. But really, it's just Bev being the single worst shot possible. And what is a... This movie makes no sense to me. So... On the third try, because movie, she hits uh, Pennywise with the third stone or whatever, kills it, it gets all shriveled up and tries to retreat, and that's when they become real primal, and all the people just uh, pretty much 
tear this thing in half. Uh, <laughs> barehandedly, very savage-like. I'm guessing it was a very cathartic moment. You don't for like this? <sighs> like the end of Death Proof. With Rock Lobster, it would have been a 10 out of 10 scene sequence. I can get you that edit. Please do, because I'm telling you, it'll be a big hit. I'd get you, Toe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the one shot I did kind of like uh, was when they're just trouncing on this thing. And did they rip out its heart or rip off its head? His heart that he wouldn't really have? Yeah, that's what they do. I don't know. They rip style. out something. <sighs> yeah, I... I Part of me also thought it was like a little animatronic person controlling it inside, and they ripped that out. But yeah, like the the one shot I did like was them ripping it out, whatever it was, and the shadow on the rock. I guess probably the best shot of the whole movie. Agreed. Bill's face is fucking crazy right before they go to the rock. Like his face as he's ri- lifting the heart out is so absurd. This is what we play for, Kalima. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they defeat Pennywise. And um, Bill recovers Audra. Now, Audra is like, she's in like the deadlight state. She's in, she's catatonic, I guess. She's like completely not responsive, but she's not dead. She's living in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) She is just tuned out. She wakes, she wakes up in 2020, finds out what happened. She's like, I want to go back to catatonic (laughs) state. Take me back. She has seen the future. Pappy, what, what's going on several weeks later as we start to close out here? Oh, I bet I bet Pappy loved this scene. We get the epic uh, Mike voiceover, and they indicate that everyone's trying to like or starting to forget everything. Ben and Bev like elope or leave together, and it says that they get pregnant within a week, or they get married within a week. And have or get pregnant right right after Richie uh, looks like he goes on to make the worst movie in the history of movies. Uh, <laughs> something with people like getting snowed on and hitting tennis rackets in each other's faces is just god awful. Yeah. But the worst, the worst of all is to bring back his wife's Audra's memory. Bill takes her on his legendary bike, Silver Hi Ho Silver. Jesus Christ. And he rides out in the middle of traffic, almost getting him killed. But for some reason, even though she has no emotional attachment to this bike or any backstory to Derry or anything whatsoever to his childhood, this is what frees her, I guess. And she's she's back to normal. Uh, and then Pennywise, followed instantly by a Pennywise laugh, roll credits. It's, it is like one of the worst endings to anything I've ever... You don't like seeing Audra on the pegs? rolling down a hill I told I was watching it with my fiance I told her if, if she gets normal I'm gonna give this the hardest no I've ever given <laughs> anything and I was so disappointed that she Peppy would you have given it the hardest yes ever if they would have gotten hit by a car it would have been the hardest yes ever if they just get like decimated by a bus then you play the Pennywise laugh roll credits that would have been cool that's a movie yeah like Pennywise is driving the bus like uh, John Leguizamo that, that, that would be cool. awesome. Yeah. Would that be funnier than Sandra Bullock falling down the stairs, Pap? No, uh, not at all. <laughs> Crash, feature spoilers pick. No, not doing it. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm the worst, I'm sorry. No, you are. What you said was way better than what I was going to say. I promise you. I oh promise my God. you. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, like, the turtle is driving the bus the whole... 
it was going to be bad. Just let's just <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny though. A teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> oh, it always comes back to that. It's Casey Jones, and he goes, "Oops, <laughs> whoops." And that's why Pappy doesn't get this shit. Two nineties. Whenever I think of the turtle, I think of Gamera. Am I alone in that? Who's that? He's don't know Gamera. Gamora? All right, never mind. He's a kaiju, you know, like there's like Godzilla and like Ultraman and Gamera. He had like, wait, did he have like drills for arms? Is that him? No, that's a different guy. That's oh. Mothra. I'm just kidding. Gamera's a turtle that flies with like rocket legs. Oh, okay. I know who that is. Oh, yeah. We'll have an Instagram post dedicated to that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's the It miniseries. Does anyone have anything of note, anything they want to bring up before yes or no's? Richie was my least favorite character. He sucks. <laughs> I am. Really wish he would have died. Young or old? Both. <laughs> oh my now you have to pick one. <laughs> uh, old. I hated that whole phone scene. He's so annoying. And all of his his career is a joke. I mean, he's not really famous. He's got to be a joke in Hollywood. I hate him. Maybe we can end it on a Stevie question. Stevie... What is the plot of that movie that he's making at the end of this thing? It's a goofy movie, the human version. Nigel Thornberry? Ugh. <laughs> Nigel Thornberry? <laughs> that was smashing. Oh, Nigel Thornberry biopic would be so <laughs> awesome if Richie was playing that, but I can't even tell you what that movie was or even really what this movie is because things just happen. So the best bet I can give of what Richie and the, they're doing in that movie, I kind of like Brett's answer, the human version of the Goofy movie. I like that. When I see him holding that tennis racket, I think of Goofy holding a tennis racket. Yeah, I like that. All right, well, let's do yes or no's. I'm going to go first, and then we'll go east to east. I am going to give this the softest of yeses. Yeah. No. The softest yes I can probably give a movie. I know it's not a good movie, so I just want to get that out of the way. Like, it's not because this is a movie that I would show other people and say, watch this good film. It's because I've, like, seen it so many times, and it reminds me of my grandma, which is, like, something, you know, that moves me quite a bit. And it, it's for those reasons that it, it has some meaning to me. Aside from, like, the meaning it has for me, it's also, like, kind of funny, and Tim Curry is just fucking crazy and funny. He's insane. Mostly bad, but I have some connection to it that's just gonna barely, barely have it hang on for me. So that's mine. Uh, this is a pretty hard no. Like I said earlier, probably the hardest of no's. Mostly because, like I said, I read 80% of the book a couple of years ago. I thought it was okay. Like, I was on a business trip, and I actually just, like, plowed through it. But then by the time I got home, I just wasn't, like, end up picking it back up. But that was cool. The movies are all right. By this point, I don't know if it's just, like, it fatigue for me or, like, like the past few years, like, we've been doing it stuff. You know, I feel like I've heard this story so many times now that I'm just not, like, into it anymore. And this is by far, like, the worst adaptation of the story so it's like not only is it a story i'm kind of burnt out on it's like this is like the worst one if you're an it fan it's probably worth it to see like all the different like forms the story is taken but i can't 
recommend someone spending three hours to watch a TV movie from the early 90s. Best part, by far, Tim Curry. I don't think I've ever seen Tim Curry be bad in anything, but this is not something I would watch. Watch Muppet Treasure Island instead of Stephen oh, King. Yeah. But or this Legend. Is, this is a no. I would rather watch Legend. Or Three Musketeers. I give you the black dot. The black spot! Yeah. But no, this is a no. All right, I'll go. It's uh, it's a definite no, but I mean, just looking at the movie poster, the movie poster is more intriguing and scary than the entire movie, uh, which is kind of why I haven't watched it as a kid is because the movie poster was so scary. Uh, but now it's just when you're actually in it and you're watching it for three hours, it's so boring and just uneventful I guess uh, but Tim Curry is definitely the best part of it but I agree with Pap that just the fatigue of it being in the zeitgeist for like the last four years or however uh, yeah we've heard this story like a million times or <laughs> versions of it so many times now so it's like I don't know when you if you start thinking about it too long it's like such a stupid story but I guess it works as a book so uh, I don't know. I, I just hated the movie, Corey. I don't think I've ever said yes to any of your movies. <laughs> and uh, it's not going to happen here. So it's a hard no. Fast and Furious. It's a tale as old as time, according to Mikey. <laughs> this is Josh from Goshen. I honestly wasn't playing throughout the pod. I really enjoyed watching this. And part of it is almost like I was an English major in college. And this is almost like a book I had to read, didn't want to read. And then I'm like, wow, like I got something from that. And I've missed the recent iterations of it because I am so not opposed, but just like turned. I'm not into the horror scene. Like I'm, I know heredity is probably like a great movie, but I'm just not going to watch it for a while. Like that's just me. So seeing a horror movie that I kind of had to watch for a pod that didn't include a lot of gore. I don't know. There's just a lot that I did enjoy from it, including the, it's not my fault scene. Like that <laughs> seems like goodwill hunting kind of stole from when, uh, who's the main character? Like it, his, his, uh, younger brother died and he has to look Bill? it in the face and he's like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. And it goes away for a while. That part was great. Um, the part on the bike at the end, hi-ho silver, actually worked for me, Pappy. I can't explain it. I didn't interrupt you earlier when you were like trashing it because I have no real good arguments, but it just kind of worked for me for some reason. The fade outs that they had in this version of watching that were like a throwback to classic TV movies were like a nostalgia in and of itself that I enjoyed. And ultimately, the story is a is like a story of cryptozoology about this like creature that lives amongst us that we can't explain or really find out about or really nail down. It's just, I just think it's really creative. I haven't really seen or heard a story quite like this. So it truly is a non-ironic hard yes. Are you insane? Loved it. I know it's not like classic cinema, like buttoned up class film. I just, I just liked it. 
Good for you. People should be allowed to like whatever they want. So good for you, Josh. Uh, This is Stevie from Elkhart. This is the hardest of no's I can give. I was so (laughs) bored out of my mind for three straight hours. I am sorry, Corey. Typically, I like your taste in films. This is not one of them. Yeah, I just did not dig it. I think if you want to see like an actual like clean adaptation of it i mean the new it's are pretty good even though the second one does falter but it did give me an idea i think if you adapted the entire book into something and it could also be interesting i think turning the entire novel of it into a japanese anime really works yeah <laughs> if you had japanese actual japanese animation with japanese voiceovers it the anime would work so easily so that I think is something that either Netflix or someone who's producing anime should look at. But as far as this movie goes, as much as I love Tim Curry as Long John Silver or, you know, as pretty much the devil in legend, uh, I can't give this movie a yes. So this will be a hard no for me. I feel like we'll see that it anime in our lifetime. Yeah, I hope so. I really do hope so because I think it works such a good idea let's write it spoilers presents we just have to get permission uh i'll do i'll make this quick i love the lore of it i love pennywise's character he's one of my favorite literary characters i'm gonna give this movie a soft yes it Mm. is pretty boring (laughs) it's not very good (laughs) it's not very good at all uh like I, i made the joke earlier earlier in this pod that my wife said, oh, great, the most boring movie ever, and she's not that far off. It's literally just flashbacks and flashbacks and flashbacks, but Tim Curry's awesome. I love the story. The execution's pretty bad. They had a terrible budget. The ending of the first part of the kids in the, as the adults in this movie is like an abomination of what happens in the book, and that was really hard for me to deal with. Um, you go from some crazy ritual where they fight mentally with Pennywise to beating him with fists and ripping a heart out. I mean, it's it's brutal, but I'll give it a soft yes. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. It sounds like you want to give it a no, Brad. No, I'm giving it a yes. <laughs> well, we're split right down the middle. As much as I hated the movie, it was an epic way to kick off Spooky Spoilers 2020. Literally a three-hour TV movie epic. It's pretty cool, Corey. It's ambitious. I'm glad you glad you picked it. It's going to be a fun edit. <laughs> oh, and it's better than Evil Dead 2. I meant to say that. Well, we're not done yet. I hope you guys are ready for trivia. This is Poor Man's Jeopardy. You guys have played this before, but for the listeners at home, it's fairly similar to Jeopardy. TM. There's a board, and on the board, there are five categories. Each category has three clues with ascending point values. The higher the point value, the more difficult the clue will be. Anyway, each player is going to go through them one at a time, choose their category, choose their point value. If they get it right, they get the points. If they get it wrong, they get negative points. The players can't pass and must respond in the form of a question, like in Jeopardy. Right, Stevie? Dude, that's such a lie. (laughs) I got that answer. But, all right, whatever. I recall Josh getting the answer. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. 
Also, as a side note for the listeners, the winner gets to choose the next movie we do, and they're going to host that episode. So if you're a first-time listener to this podcast, don't worry. You don't always have to deal with me as much. We rotate hosts based on the trivia wins. If I win, I'll give you a hint to what I'm going to pick. Oh, righty then. Nobody cares, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) That's not spooky. It's got to be a... Hope it's a spooky movie. Are, are you saying Ace Ventura isn't a deranged psychopath? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not going to win. Let's go. <laughs> and here are the categories. Brett's, Josh's, Mikey's, Jordan's, and our last category, Steve's, Stevie's, and Steven's. No pappy category. Now, I have the order up, and uh, Pappy, I'm sorry, but I could not think of three clues with Pappy involved. (laughs) Okay. Son-in-law, future spoilers pick. I went to Jordan. You know, he's got a real name. So, also for the listeners at home, the order is Brett, Mikey, Josh, Stevie, and Pappy. But these guys already know that. Brett, you're up. Take it over. Uh, I'll take Brett's for two. (sighs) This Canadian-born professional wrestler went by the nickname Hitman for most of his career. Who is Brett the Hitman Hart? That is correct. Well done, Brett. You know your Brett's. Well played. Yeah. His name's spelled with one T, though. I know. <laughs> Spelling, not relevant. <laughs> okay. Gosh, Brett. Trying to look for bonus points here. Kinda. <laughs> My turn? Yep. Mikey for two. He likes it. Hey, Mikey is a famous quote from a 70s TV commercial for this brand of cereal. What is Kix? I'm sorry, Mikey. That is incorrect. What is life? That's deep question, Corey. So deep. Life kicks me in the nuts once again. Kicks are for kids. Or is that tricks are for kids? Uh, what is life? I think tricks are for kids. <laughs> I'll go Brett's for one. <gasps> Answer? Daily Double. This famous athlete cameoed in the 1998 Ben Stiller comedy, There's Something About Mary. Who is Brett Favre? That is correct. Yeah. I don't know the correct pronunciation. Favre. Yes. I don't know. It's Favre. <laughs> Corey's not a football guy. You made that clear <laughs> earlier in the pod. He doesn't like sports games. So, Josh, you get two points for that one pointer. Great. That's your one daily double. Let's go. My turn. Ooh. Let's go. Brett's for three. Let's go. Josh's for three. Tom Hanks plays this character in the 1988 comedy Big. No relation to the ice cream man. Who is Josh Baskin? Very good, Stevie. That is exactly correct. Nice. Never would have got that. Me neither. Tom Hanks would be a great Josh. Fits right in. Give me Jordans for one. Writer and director of the 2017 film, Get Out. 
who is Jordan Peele. That is correct. Now, just a quick update for the players at home. Stevie is in the lead with three. Brett and Josh have two. Pappy has one. Mikey's on negative two, but he's still in the game. Are we not playing golf? Because I'm crushing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, I'll take Josh's for two. Josh Gad provides the voice of this frosty Disney character. Who is Olaf? That is correct. Oh, doesn't need his last name. It's Bjorgensen. <laughs> Snowman. <laughs> Both acceptable answers. Uh, now, to dig myself deeper in the hole or to try to win this? You can mm. also strategically influence the outcome, even if you don't feel you're necessarily going to win. Oh, I know. Like Josh last time. Uh, let's do Jordans for two. Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch, was played by this actor in the 2015 film Fantastic Four. Uh, who is Michael B. Jordan? Exactamundo. <sighs> nice. Never watched it, though. Nobody did. It is awful. Heard it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta remember to do a big dumb movie on that one. Uh, for spooky spoilers, I'm in trivia. I'm looking more to look smart than to win. I'm going to go Mikey's for one. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I want to get all my questions right. I don't care if I lose or win. <laughs> oh, he played little brother Mikey in the 1985 classic, The Goonies. Oh my gosh. I don't know like much about the Goonies at all. You know this, Josh. Li- well, okay. No table talk. Literally the only Goonies character I know is Rudy. I think the actor I would name. So I'll just say, what is a Sean Astin? <laughs> Interesting choice what? of words, but that is correct. What? I hate Josh. Uh, so I, I haven't <laughs> seen Goonies since I was like three, so. Very good. My turn. Stevie, you're up. <sighs> Let's go Steve's, Stevie's, and Steven's oh. for Trace. Whoa, oh, big A category everyone's been avoiding. Big risk. In this movie, Steve Carell played the father of Timothy Chalamet's character, Nick Sheff, a young man suffering from addiction. What is beautiful boy? Boom. (laughs) Nice, Stevie. (laughs) Holy shit. Forgot about that. Well done. Um... Which one of these names do I think I know the best? Brett, Mikey, or Jordan? Give me Mikey's for three. Oh, you're going to love this, Pappy. Good. According to the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. (laughs) God damn it. Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo is a blank. 
Uh, that is tough. What is a dude? <laughs> no. Is it I'm sorry, that is close, but is incorrect. Party dude. What is a party dude? Oh, party. I didn't. I just got dude from Rude. Such a good guess. God dude, damn. my face is so red from waiting for you to answer that question. Josh, you like want to say it? I yeah. It's a party dude. All right, so for a quick update, the listeners at home, there's one more pass. Each player is going to get to choose one more time. Brett's in or I'm sorry, Stevie's in the lead with six. Brett's right behind him with four. Josh has three. Mikey's at zero. Pappy's at negative two. And Brett is up first. Go ahead. I got to go big or go home. I'll go Brett's for three. Brett Ratner directed X-Men The Last Stand. When this director dropped out after directing the first two films in the X-Men franchise. Can you repeat the question? Brett Ratner directed X-Men The Last Stand when this director dropped out after directing the first two films in the X-Men franchise. This is a guess. Uh, who is Brian Singer? Good guess. That is correct. <laughs> Brian Singer is just the first name that pops into Brett's brain when he thinks of directors. Fun fact in this category of Brett's, and that name was Brian. That, Brian that, is my brother's yeah. name. Listener to the pod. Right. I knew that. Friend I tied it pod. in. Hey, Brian. Uh, I'm going to keep it interesting. It looks like... See if you can make a play. I'll just go Stevens for one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to help him or hurt him? <laughs> I mean, he could still, he could go for two either way. doesn't matter. He could literally make it so he can't win. He can also go for two. I'm saying somebody else could do. Never mind. Just, just go. <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> Released in 1981, Belladonna was the name of this singer's first solo album. Who's Stevie Nicks? Well done. That is correct. Wow. I'm going to get screwed in this game. hoping for this opportunity. Again. Josh is for one in the last round. Let's go. (laughs) Are you not trying to win again? I can get six. He can't win. He can't win. He can. He literally can't win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can. He's got bonus points. Josh, chaotic neutral. Yeah, he's got bonus points. He used his one daily double already. It's done. He didn't get the that was just random. bonus earlier. What about the Austin Powers Sorry, points? Do we get to choose that? And Stevie should lose points. Josh got the uh, daily double bonus when we did the first half of the podcast. Oh. All that did was give him double the points on his first pick question. Whoa! Oh, okay. I, oh, so I, could, I could be running oh, it right now. I would have picked a different question if I knew that was the bonus. Did you say that? I did. Dang it. I forgot that when I took a pee between our breaks. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Yeah. Josh is for one. He played Big Brother Brand in the 1985 classic, The Goonies. What? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Who is Josh Hartnett? You serious? 
Brolin, bro. Bro I have no idea. Josh I told you, I haven't seen Goonies since I was Brolin. three. Bro, that's Brolin. That is incorrect. <laughs> Picture me Brolin. Everyone else here knows, Josh. I've seen Goonies one time. <laughs> Stevie, just as a quick update for the audience in case they forgot, Brett's at seven. He's in the lead. Stevie's at six. So Stevie might win trivia if he gets Probably. this next one right. If this is a one-point question, why didn't you say that he was like in the end game or something in Infinity War? Why does it go back to Goonies? I don't think he would have known it then. Josh, you're not going to win, all right? <laughs> I Move wanted to on, get three man. questions right, and I missed number one, Josh. It's bullcrap. It's the hardest question on the board. Oh, I'm so nervous. But I feel like it would be too vain of me to take Steve, Stevie's, and Steven. So let's go with Jordan's for three. Let's make it all threes. Wow. I almost kind of want you to win for being ballsy like that, Stevie. I feel like my vanity would be the end of I me. I would not have done that, Stevie, but you are a brave man. Here it is. Michael Jordan appeared in the music video for this Michael Jackson song. I didn't know this was a thing. Here did I. <sighs> it's not bad. I know that. I think I know. I'm not going to get it right or I'm going to sound so dumb when I say it. I think it was a song called Jam? Jam. Is that your final answer? What is the song Jam? <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, there is no the that song That is correct. Jam. Let's go. Nice. Wow. Let's go. It's easy, but Stevie, you no have definitely won Poor Man's Jeopardy today, but there is one up left. Pappy, do you want to try it? Yeah, give just it Just for me. fun. Stevie's for two. Steven Spielberg directed this 2016 film based on a Roald Dahl book. Uh, uh, BFG. What is BFG? Boom. You got it. That would have been way easier if I just would have picked that one. Broke even. Big effing giant. No one was in the negatives. Well done, guys. Stevie won with nine points. Getting better. Man, call him Curry from the outside. We're going to toss the spoiler man for a quick sec, and we're going to come back and find out what spooky movie Stevie wants to do. <gasps> what you got to say, spoiler man? Spoiler man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Thank you very much, Spoiler Man. That was awesome. Before we go into Stevie's pick, Pappy has a quick announcement. But trying to get these out on some of the Lovecraft episodes, but just a heads up, there's a very good chance, probably by the first of next year, that a lot of the old spoilers are just going to disappear from the feed, the feed that you're listening oh. on. Like old meaning like pre-200 probably. So two things. One, if you want to listen to them, I would do that now because you might not be able to for free later. Two, we're probably going to have some kind of a Patreon 
paywall. Like you can request episodes and get access to our archives and some bonus stuff. So if you have anything like in mind as a listener that you think would be fair, let us know. Uh, we're, we're definitely like interested. Like, what do you think would be fair to like commission an episode or to uh, access that content? But just a heads up that might be going away. So if you really want to listen to time bandits, now's your chance. Get on it. A classic episode. The big money driver. Quick, learn our references. Right. Such a funny episode. Awesome. Now, Stevie, I'm going to send it over to you. What you got? This is going to come as a surprise to everybody and myself. I'm actually going to take a play out of Josh's playbook. Um, he mentioned it during the pod, and it's one of my favorite movies. Holy shit. Um, across all film, including horrors. My favorite movie of all 2018. Ace Ventura 2? I'm out. We're going to be spoiling Hereditary. Oh. That, I think, is just a masterclass in horror, and I really hope that Brett and Josh do watch it because nope. it's just so phenomenally directed and acted. It's a masterpiece. Let's spoil Hereditary. Love it. There's no spiders in it, Brett. I really wanted to watch The Collectible. Can't do ghosts. <sighs> whatever whatever the second movie was. The Collection, right? At the Collection, I believe. <laughs> So I have two hours of torture between now and our next podcast recording. Yep. Awesome. I love that movie. I look forward to seeing it again. I only saw it the one time in theaters, but I I had very fond memories of it. At the time, I'll say it was the scariest movie I had ever seen in my life. So, But you should watch it, Brett. You should watch it, Brett. It's not scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's so terrifying. I had a really bad in-theater experience. People were being super obnoxious during that movie. At the end, there's a big reveal, and some guy in the audience goes, Really? Fucking hated it. I was so mad. <laughs> that happened to me in um, Us. I about wanted to scream. It was the worst. Well, that was the It miniseries, the one that we've been referring to a movie for several hours. Thank you very much for listening. I think that wraps up this episode. Take it away, spoiler man. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Yesterday, you said you'd call Sears. I'll call today. You call now. I'll call now. 
Now's the time to save on Sears Installed Central Air Conditioning. Get 0% finance charge, no billing, and no payments until August with the Sears Charge Home Improvement Plan. Call now for a free in-home estimate on a Kenmore air conditioning system. State-of-the-art engineering means greater energy efficiency. A new Kenmore could save 10 to 44% on your annual cooling costs. In time, even pay for itself. Sears also offers fast emergency installation, a five-year warranty on parts and labor, plus our satisfaction guarantee. And you know Sears will be there to back it up. Get 0% finance charge, no billing, no payments until August. Offer ends May 31st, so call now and save with Sears. So what's the paper say about tomorrow? Another scorcher. Cool. The starting price that we're given for these puppies, like, like our low one, our cheapest one is going to be like two grand. Jeez. Jeez. Like we might be able to sell the brown ones for like 3,500. That's awesome. You're not going to keep any? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Wow, man. That's I, a lot of money for a dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's one, if you look online, there's one that's Tesla got like Tesla. three colors on it. It's over six grand. I saw some like lost dog in the valley when I was driving home today. I uh, bet like, that did not cost six thousand. <laughs> it was like so cute, and like I was like, man, I I, I gotta get home. But like this dog, <laughs> just like confused, wandering the alleys of like fucking Canoga Park. So basically, it's probably dead now because you didn't save it. Was it tiny? It was pretty small. It's dead. <laughs> It was eaten by a crackhead. <laughs> An eagle picked it up. <laughs> Corey, where do you live now? Simi Valley, but I work in Canoga Park. Uh, he can send you a video of Simi Valley if you want. I love that video, but do you ever watch the boy, the real boys of Simi Valley? No. What? what? It is one of the funniest shows I have ever seen. Uh, it's a TV show? What? Yeah, it, it's like a YouTube, like Facebook show. Do you guys remember the guy who's like... Who did American Vandal? No. He's like the bro from American Vandal, where he does this show. It's called The Real Boys of Simi Valley. And oh, it's Corey's hysterical. gonna watch every episode before he goes to bed tonight. I'm gonna it's see who I know. So <laughs> damn funny. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's Tommy. See who's in the uh, local AA meetings. I, see, I found on YouTube the real bros. Yeah, the real Valley. bros. Yeah, the real bros of Simi Valley. It's known to be like that kind of town, like a bro. It's less so now, I think. Now it's just like, it's like Corey. the conservative area of Southern California. Based on the picture, approximately what street are they on? <laughs> hey, Pappy or maybe Stevie. What's up? I saw something. I came across something today that I have a hard time believing. Corey knows what I'm talking about. Somebody asked a question. Name a movie that was filmed in your hometown. So I typed in movies filmed in Elkhart. Lots Elkhart, of Jim. And Con Air came up. What? But I can't find that anywhere else. But if you look on IMDb, I believe Goshen and Elkhart are both listed as locations. What? I didn't know if anyone Maybe the airport? Deny that. The airport was in, uh, like, Oklahoma or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. But... I was like, I mean, lots uh, of gym I've seen. That's Goshen. Crazy. Well, what's that? Uh, what? 
God, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Steve Buscemi one. Oh, it's a gym. That's in Goshen, yeah. Yeah. I saw another one that kind of sounds interesting. It, it was filmed at Elkhart in Goshen. Elkhart, Indiana. What the fuck? Have you actually heard uh, Anna Kendrick's? I don't Anna, believe Anna this. Kendrick made a quote about Goshen. She filmed the movie in Goshen. And what she, she say? She kind of... She basically makes it seem like it's a podunk town. She said even the Walmart has uh, places to hide, tie up uh, your buggies. Like, <laughs> That's not well, a lie. I'll, yeah. I'll find it. Yeah, so she was on the, the far side of Goshen then. She, they asked her a question, the weirdest place you've ever filmed, and she said Goshen, Indiana. Probably the weirdest they, place you've ever been. in Goshen. Well, Lonesome Jim, but... Yeah. It's perfect. Okay, here it is. Uh, well, Sandcastles is one. Um, oh, I've heard of that one. Elsewhere, 2009, she said there was a pretty strong Amish community to the point where the Walmart had stables for horses. That was definitely interesting, navigating roads with horses shit, and man. buggies. There was there was one bar that we could go to, Constant Spring, at the end of the night. It was a really small community, oh, and it felt man. like that movie, State in Maine, where we completely took over the town. By the end, everybody knew who we were. Because we were one of the people working on the movie. Everybody else knew each other. What movie was it that she shot? Uh, it's called Elsewhere from 2009. Who it is actually it? actually kind of sounds interesting. Anna dude, Kendrick. Can you imagine running into Anna Kendrick in <laughs> Constant Spring? That's exactly oh what I was going to say. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Immediately. Dude, it sounds crazy. All of the moves. It sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, only shot in Goshen. Uh, $500,000 budget. Here. I'm skeptical of the Conair Elkhart. Oh, me too. Me too. That's why I'm I, real. That's I'm, why I asked you. I'm positive it happened. <laughs> <laughs> like it was probably like one of like this quick cut scene they could barely use any footage of. Well, again, Steve Buscemi was in it. And maybe that's where he like. No, he didn't write the script. Never mind. Yeah, when would that even be? In the what, when they were filming Conair. Like what in the movie? What what would they possibly used? Elkhart when Nick Cage was killing for. a guy in the rain, I don't know. Could they have been on State Road Six, like crossing the country, and then they just kind of happened to drive by Goshen or, or 33 or something? And they're like, "This is kind of cool." Watching to take a piss while they were driving through Goshen. <laughs> like we could knock out a scene. It's definitely possible, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't believe it either. I didn't see it anywhere else, but um, I would never heard that. That's before. such a random town to say, though. In that fact, like, like, how are those updated? Can someone? Is this not like Wikipedia? Is it? I mean, I yeah, uh, I added yeah, I added some trivia for Kyle McVeigh one time, and he didn't (laughs) like it. (laughs) And he was like, "Dude, who put this on there?" I was like, "I don't know, dude. What's it say?" (laughs) It's like he was called by Ralphie and Kyle because he looked like the kid from Christmas Story. He's like, I'm not not mad about it. I just want to know who put it. All right, let me get a drink real quick. I'll be ready to go. All right. Is Josh done? Oh. Not yet. Josh! I tried to add him. I thought I heard him say, what the hell, when I was talking about Goshen, so. What? I thought I heard him, too. Didn't he just say what? It sounded just like him. That was me. Okay. It mini 
We got a weird recording situation right now, guys. Just a okay. Can anybody hear the fan that's running? It doesn't matter hey if we guys. can hear it. Sorry. Gosh. Figures. It doesn't matter. It only matters. I get it, it's not bad enough that it's like distracting. As long as it's not on your final track, though, that's like the main. Like when you do your testing. I mean, I know I'm gonna get some whistles and cackles here, but I'm recording uh, in bed. Brittany's over trying to go to sleep. She got two hours of sleep last night, so it's just kind of a weird situation. Yeah, I can hear it. Oh yeah, I can hear it. You can turn it down. Okay, so I'll turn it down. Is George on? Is it going to make noise on the mic? I don't know. You tell me. Is Uh, my microphone working on this track? Yes, it is. Oh, I mean, what you can do is, like, record and then just see if it's picking up. Is my microphone working on this track? Mic check. Mic check. Let's drop some sick beats for the hijack. (laughs) It's negligible, but it's definitely making... Is it continuous or is it little bits of noise? Bits of noise. Oh, oh that's no! Harder to edit out. Hold on. I'll just turn it off. I'll turn if it down. If it's continuous, I can like filter it out. Mic check. Mic check. One two three. One two three. Mic check. Mic check. Josh, one, two, three. Still not here, huh? Wait, no, Josh. He joined us. Oh. All he is is Josh in the wind. Sorry, Bulldog. Brittany took a seven-hour Zoom class today and a quiz. While helping birth puppies, like <laughs> <sighs> that's I'm back. rough. She was sitting in that filth, just taking a Zoom class, learning about reproduction. No joke. <laughs> Hands on. Check, check, check. My check, my check. Check, 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 check. So, I'm gonna, I guess, like play it off like it was a short break. Yeah. Um, when someone's listening to the full track, they're not gonna know any difference, you know. So there's no point doing intros again. It would just make it sound weird. Um, west to east. If you guys have anything, like any points about any sections I'm talking about, you can totally jump in at any time. Like you don't have to necessarily wait for me to toss to you, although I probably will. But yeah, if you have something to say, feel free to jump in because you know I can get make things work in post. Okay. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Such a good movie. I have a lot to say. One of my one of my favorite <laughs> quotes ever was you, uh, uh, Happy Sandy. But it's ten times as funny, or ten times funnier. <laughs> yeah, it was Corey. Yeah. Somebody. Oh yeah, but yeah, Josh said it's ten times worse movie or ever, and you're like, it's ten times as funny. Yeah, <laughs> Mikey said that. That part two is really why I wanted to talk about this one because part two there's like so much stupid shit yeah like the way they kill him is like brutal all right all right, all right. Yeah, save, save for the pod. Pod. can you guys hear me am i good to go yeah yeah, yeah. you're good you're loud and sometimes, clear josh okay sometimes my perfect. skype is low i'm all ready to go boys i'm ready brett keep an eye on your track you know it's gonna stop oh yeah watch it Right. No, I'm just trying to actually be helpful. My bad. I no, promise. I wasn't. I was like, uh, I know. I know. Like, man. Like, I, stay I on target, it. like that. No, I know Steady. Jar <laughs> Jar. Can I count? Yeah. Seal the gate. <laughs> All the doors. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. 
go. That was Spoilers.